0: And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call.
1: Welcome, Auburn, into the Wednesday edition of Sports Call, live on Tiger ninety five point nine, the Tiger FM, and the Tiger Communications app. My name is Ryan Lavoy, and today on the show, I've got Cam Berry and Tom Peavy with me. Uh, no wacky Wednesday today, but we'll have a couple of uh, random topics, maybe. Uh, throughout the show, at least towards the end, maybe we'll get uh, Tom's full review of the wings he ate last night and that sort of thing uh, and evoke uh, some food conversations. But otherwise, today, uh, it, yeah, but, uh, Cam had a, a, a self made burrito uh, earlier today, which he's proud of. And uh, so we might get into food later. But uh, this is a sports talk show. So some of the topics today we'll have for you talk some college football realignment, continue news. Uh, with the big 12 also talk some Atlanta Braves as the Braves got a big win to open the series against the New York Mets last night uh, also have a breakdown uh, towards the end of the show of the NBA finals previewing game three tonight uh, as the series goes to Miami and of course some other things that you want to call in about on our Auburn Bank phone line at 334-887-341 locally or toll free eight nine at Tiger 9 again Ryan Tom and Cam with you here this afternoon we'll start with you Cam how are you feeling today
2: I'm doing great. Uh, enjoying an awesome Wednesday. Uh, ready to watch Game Three of the NBA Finals in Miami tonight. Um, not sure who I really think is going to take it. I, I am just I am glad that this series is. It doesn't seem like it's going to be um, a gentleman's sweep or a sweep or anything under the um, anything like that. But I could be wrong. Denver could reel off three in a row. You never know. Um, but, you know, obviously the biggest news going on right now is about the PGA Tour uh, merging with Liv. Um, some pretty crazy stuff. If I were a PGA Tour player, I would be massively, massively upset um, as they are, and they have every right to be. Um, PGA Tour basically said, you know, that all of this was wrong and un American and different things like that, and not take the money and, and, um, and to stay loyal to the tour, offer the tour to kind of turn around and basically stab all the players in the back and say, hey, we're going to take this money um, and we're all going to be under one entity anyway. Um, so I would be highly, highly upset if I were a player, especially, you know, guys like Rory, who's been very outspoken. Uh, I feel for him. Excuse me. Um, and, and, uh, I mean, it's just, you know, a bummer to hear stuff like that, especially when you're so loyal to a, to an entity, to a company, and and then all of a sudden that company goes and turns around and and does what they have done in in this, and that's where you always think about it, man. Just sometimes take the money. I mean, Tiger turned down what eight eight hundred million. Yep. I, I mean, <laughs> just I mean that's ridiculous. And and he lost eight. I mean, and all these all these other guys that went to the live tour made all of this money that they that they were getting from playing and now they get to come back and still be a part of everything that 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 entails being part of the pga tour um, different cups and different things like that. So I would be highly upset, highly insulted um, if I were um, a player. They're calling for new leadership. I honestly don't disagree. I mean, things like this is—it's—I mean, it's—it's it's a big deal. Um, so yeah, and then also hearing about Messi—he'll be in the U.S. That's pretty cool. Uh, joining Inter Miami after leaving PSG. I think that's a—that's a huge deal for soccer in the United States. Uh, I think that's I I think every inter Miami game is going to be sold out for the entire season. I mean, it's going to be I mean, home and away doesn't matter. And wherever wherever that team plays, um, uh, once Messi joins, they that that stadium will be absolutely packed out. Um, So that brings some some real excitement to soccer in the US. So, uh, yeah, I'm doing great today.
1: Yeah, no, those are a couple of uh, unique storylines that, obviously, we don't always talk about some of those sports, but they are very relevant storylines. Oh, we yeah. talked uh, some BGA Tour and Live today. I don't I'm even sure like we'll... soccer like that, and I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, PGA Tour and Live merger. Tom Peavy, also on the show. Tom, how hey, are you doing?
3: I'm, I'm doing great, <clears throat> and uh, unfortunately, I just found, just found out some bad news. What? The Iron Sheik has passed away. Earlier today. Earlier today. 81 years old. Man, I followed him on Twitter and, uh, you know, old-school wrestler that I followed from my childhood back in the day. I mean, I'm just now seeing that news, so that's kind of shocking. But uh, other than that, uh, yeah, man, doing great and uh, just ready to talk some sports. Absolutely. And
1: maybe some chicken wings. And maybe some chicken chicken wings. wings. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's the thing. Even when we don't have, like, a formal Wacky Wednesday like we did last Wednesday, Uh, We still can uh, still divulge off the beaten path a little bit. Uh, Cam, did did we ever tell you about the results from last weekend? No, you didn't. Okay, Uh, so I here are some highlights. Again, I know we're seven minutes into the show today. We're talking some other things, but here's some highlights. Um, Only one person got coke, which is shocking. TP was the only one that got coke. Um, It tasted flat. Which it wasn't because I confirmed afterwards that it was not, and that it didn't expire till August, and uh, it was totally normal. Um, Tom, please tell Cam as I answer the phone um, (coughs) how how uh, how people distracted you from the fact that you were going to get the root beer correct. Oh yeah, so so we got to the
3: you know we had gone through a whole bunch of the sodas and right. I got to the one and as soon as I smelled it. I was like, "Okay, well that's root beer." Right. Tasted it and I was like, "That's A and W root beer. Uh-huh. That, that's A and I was like, "That one hundred percent. That is A and W root beer." And then right. uh, I think Brent was like, "It might be Barks." I was like, "That is not Barks uh-huh. root beer. That is A and W." Then as the talk got, they started saying maybe Mug, and then I started thinking. I was like, mm. uh-huh. That does kind of taste like maybe mug root oh, beer, no. and I was like, oh, you know, I'm gonna go with mug. And I, it was A and W. They started getting, oh, they yeah, got, was like, they I got I in had, your head. Yeah, I had it from, I had it from
1: the yeah, media. Had I was like, that is A and W root beer. Oh, one, okay. I was like, one hundred percent.
2: Always trust your first instinct. Oh, I
1: know. No. Always. So that one hurt Tom, who ultimately finished last by one. It was uh, six out of eight for Brooks. Okay. And then TP and Brant got five out of eight. Tom got four out of eight. The other thing that crushed Tom is that he does not drink the zero or right. anything that's not the, the normal right. soda, so he did not get two of the three zeros. Um, I could tell they were but, a zero, but I just didn't know which Which was which. Yeah, yeah. It was just like, I it, it, it tastes like a diet drink, but I don't know. Um. So... so Pretty decent results, but no one just absolutely floored it. And, right. again, the Coke thing was fascinating because, you know, you, you guys played off like, oh, the Pepsi Zero Sugar ruined the, t- the taste buds yeah. or whatever. But I, my thought was if something was so bad to y'all, wouldn't you have figured out something that was so good yeah, right it,
3: after that? Yeah, but what we were thinking is that the, it was so bitter that we were thinking that bitterness in our mouth lingered and it caused that Coca-Cola to taste flat.
1: Man, it was fascinating.
3: Because that definitely did not in any sort of way taste like a Coca-Cola
1: that I have ever drank in my entire life. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. Because, again, (laughs) we uh, showed them the date on the bottle. Right. Had a couple sips myself. I was like, no, this is normal. I don't know. So uh, funny what that did to the taste buds. But uh, we had a good time last week. We'll have another one of those in the future uh, for sure. Uh, We'll continue to have Wacky Wednesdays. We had a town named Tuesday yesterday uh, which was a lot of fun. We did Nebraska and New Mexico. If you missed that, you check, old Nebraska. Check, yeah, check it out on the sports call podcast presented by Coca-Cola. Um, all right. So, uh, before we get to our first break and our first phone call of the day, again, Cam, you already gave some of your thoughts there on the, uh, the PGA tour, uh, live deal again, just to kind of, uh, reiterate some of the things we said, uh, yesterday, uh, Really, a shocking announcement, and that's why we're talking at length about it. It would have come up at some point, just the merger itself, because that's still huge news. But the fact that really no one outside of a a small group that were in the room knew anything
0: about—I
1: think that's also one of the more insulting
2: things as well. It's not saying it's not. Hey, we're doing. It's not getting all the players together, the PGA Tour hey, we're doing this merger. We're just letting you guys know the news is about to break. They found out on Twitter live yeah. like we did. I
1: woke up. Like
2: a normal person like we did.
1: I woke up at like 10. Yes, I get to sleep till 10. Haha. ha. ha. Um, <laughs> well, I work from 10.30 or 11 to six 6.30. At night. Still eight hours, but, but my day starts later than everyone else. There's some inside baseball. So I woke up at 10, and I saw the tweet, and right. I'm like, oh. This must be a fake account. There's a lot of these out there now. Gosh. And then I saw another one, and I saw another one. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. What in the world? This is a thing. And I had to scroll that for a good 15 minutes to figure out the reaction, which obviously is not positive, especially for the
2: players. I would, would, again, the players should be the most, uh, of the PGA Tour, the players should be the most angry about all of this Um, in terms of just... Not letting, I mean, just completely being blindsided. In all honesty, they, they you're not going to tell us. First of all, we've been, we have been outwardly defending you. <clears throat> You've been telling us to stick with the tour, um, to remain loyal. All of these things. It's not about the money. It's about what it is and the meaning of us and blah blah blah. Whatever. Sprouting garbage. Honestly, it is what it is at this point. Um, and then and then. For those players to then have to find out in real time via social media, um, just like all the rest of us, it's it's a slap in the face in honesty. Um, and I, I just, I mean, like I said, I feel awful for the players, for the PGA players. They're they're, they're the one getting the absolute shortest end of the stick here. They lost money. Um, they rejected. I mean hundreds of millions of dollars to go play for this tour um play for live and and now they they've lost out the guys that went to the live live tour they got the money they're back in now now they get now they get to do what they they do and yeah it's just it's just insane
1: yeah you know it it really is crushing for all the players. I think it's most crushing for those outspoken against live like Roy McElroy who. You know, you have the, the money element to it for several of those guys. But you also have when you are um, the, the head of, you know, the resistance to live right. and you are talking, you know, kind of ruining some relationships and, and antagonizing some uh, to, to say that what the, those people doing a live, are, are, it's not good for the game and it's not uh, good that they're doing that. Uh, To then have to be associated with everyone, and obviously lack the money, but also, you know, if you believe that that was a uh, an immoral choice to go and take Saudi Arabia's money, basically, then, well, now what do you do? Because this is golf now, like these (coughs) three forces, because the European Tour is in on this as well. well. All of this is connected now. Sounds like a. uh, um uh, manifest. <laughs> yeah. It's all connected. It's all connected. Uh, I've uh, sidebar on that later, but uh <laughs> I you know I can't see how comfortable you are playing for yeah. it because I you have. know that that money is involved here with all of it and it's right. all all the major golf is now That's, included in yep. this. Um so t- inherently to be a professional, to be involved with this, you've got to be involved with this and it it means that Saudi Arabia's money is is involved. Uh, so it's a rough deal for these guys that did not want to take that money now you know on the surface if the mo- if the money had not come from a dark place then you'd say oh well it you know, lives awesome for the golfers you get paid right. more to do less they right. don't have as many tournaments yeah. they have some janky stuff they play three rounds right, instead of right. four like that's well, almost yeah, the it's, American it's dream to yeah, make more to do less right. absolutely uh but it, it's again it's the uh it's where that money was coming from and then also, you know, I mean, some could find. I mean, that they're or super serious. Come, could see it as not a good direction for the game. That you do want four rounds versus three, and you don't like the team style of play right. too. So, I mean, there there could be some golf elements to it that you wouldn't like about Lib. But I think that the overwhelming majority would say that it's just not a, a very moral decision. So, for these guys to have to be have to be a part of that, that uh, is is got to be frustrating to them. And then you know we talked a little bit yesterday about what the future will hold, and, and Tom was pointing out that um, you know these three can still operate the Separately. way they want to operate, right. which yes. is which is important for them. So because I personally, again, I am not attracted to the team style. I don't think that yeah. it's I don't think that it's it, it's a non-starter yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, so I don't want that to go be all golf here, right? But, um, Certainly, it's going to allow people to hop back and forth. the The tournaments that are truly prestigious on the PGA Tour, like one we had last week with the Mo- Memorial, which is uh, Jack Nicklaus's tournament. You know, you can go and hop onto that now uh, if you're a, a live golfer. But then you can do your your little stuff at at Trump Doral or or whatever right. course you know they're going to. That's only nine or ten in the schedule, so it's like you can. You can get these guaranteed bigger purses over on Live for three rounds of golf, and then hop into the prestigious ones in the PGA. I mean, the, the Live guys so won money. in this. Yeah, they, they're going to make. They're yeah. going to make so much money. They they won, hundred percent won. Yeah, they did.
3: Uh, and I mean, and So did Saudi Arabia? Cause yeah. Saudi because the Saudi the, uh, that public investment firm from yeah, Saudi that, Arabia
2: I mean, they're buying golf.
3: Yeah, they 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 are the 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 sole uh, proprietor proprietor and investment group of all of the golf stuff now
1: yeah so so yeah again and big win for the all the liv folks and uh for the pga tour to kind of yield to that too when they still seem like they were in the position of power again makes it all the more shocking that that the money won out that easily again we get that that money drives a lot but uh, the, the staunch stance that always, it's always, that it's always surprising. originally. Yeah. It's always surprising yeah. what, what that sellout point yeah. really is. Yeah. So uh, we're going to go to our first time out of the show. When we come back, we'll go to the Auburn Bank phone line for the first time. Also a little bit later, birthdays in sports. You're listening to the Wednesday edition of Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
0: Call into the show send us your thoughts via email you've got mail sports call at the tiger.fm now back to auburn's first and auburn's favorite sports talk show sports call
1: Welcome back to Sports Call Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, and Cam Barry with you here on this Wednesday afternoon. We're going to go to our Auburn Bank phone line now for the first time today. 334 887 341 locally or toll free. 1 889 9 Tiger 9. First up on the show today, James from Montgomery. James is with us. James, how are you doing?
4: I'm good. And War Eagle. War Eagle. Yeah, I know that y'all were talking about the Liv uh, golf tournament in uh, Saudi Arabia. But, I mean, you know, if I was, like, the owner of the Live Golf Tournament, I would like to have it being played, like, here in the United States instead of in Saudi Arabia because, I mean, you know, I, I, as for me, as watching golf for so many years, I think that the Live Tournament should be played here in the United States at home because, I mean, we have some great, great um, golf Venues here in in America
1: as well. Yeah, so I've got good news for you, James. They they've been playing the the live tournaments in the United States. We're talking about Saudi Arabia because that's where the investors are from. The 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 money coming in to, to fund all of this is coming from Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. It, the, they're playing tournaments in the United States.
4: Oh, okay, okay. So now now I get it because um you know if if the money is coming in from Saudi Arabia to actually help. You know, you know, push the live tournament here in the United States. I mean, that's a really good thing that uh, Saudi Arabia is actually helping us to, uh, fund, you know, this tournament as well. And I think this tournament should, you know, there, there are some great venues here in America that, that really look really nice. You know, I mean, like Pebble Beach or, uh, you know some 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 of the major uh, PGA Tour courses that I've seen over the, over over time as well.
1: Do you like TPC Sawgrass with the island hole on seventeen? Um,
4: yes. Now that is a really nice golf course. If I was a professional golfer, that would be one of my favorite courses that I would like to play. That would be like my course number one that I would like to play there in uh in sawgrass because with with the hole 17 that that will be a really i mean for me if i was a professional golfer that would be the hardest uh course to ever play on as well
1: yeah there's a lot of water on that course you know and it is a public course so we we i mean you got to fork over a good bit of money but two hundred dollars yeah but uh I think it's even more than that. I uh, think maybe off season be two hundred, uh, but I yeah. think on the, during the normal time be four hundred or so. But anyway, you know, it is a course that we all could play uh, if we fork over enough money. But uh, yeah, no, there are some great golf courses out there.
4: Yeah, because I mean, golf is one of my favorite sports. Um, you know, it, it actually happens to be one of my favorite sports because I do like to play miniature golf as well. And and let me just say that I'm a pretty good uh miniature golfer at, at
1: that. Yeah, you know who also was a good mini golf player? Who? JJ Jackson, former host of the show. <laughs> okay, okay. Maybe
4: uh maybe me and uh JJ we might uh have a little uh friendly uh wager, a little friendly uh rivalry tournament, a golf tournament as well.
1: Absolutely. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to him about it later and uh but I think we should set something up.
4: Okay, sounds good. Um, well, I mean, with, with the lift, uh golf tournament, um, I, I think it should stay, you know, because I think, you know, with a lot of players, a lot of, uh, you know, PGA players that played in the PGA Tour, I mean, they should. Uh, I mean, I, I've seen some great players that play in the live golf tournament, like uh, Jack Nicholson, uh, who else? Uh, that's in the live tournament that I've seen. Uh, Tiger Woods at one point in time, you know, years ago, he was in the live golf tournament.
1: Yeah, so Tiger has stayed in the PGA Tour. Uh, Jack Nicholas is someone that uh, retired a, a while ago. He runs a golf tournament in the PGA Tour called the Memorial that just wrapped up last week. But I know some of the big golfers that live are like Brooks Kepka, Phil Mickelson, Bryson DeChambeau, those type of guys.
4: Yeah. So um, when do you think that the Live tournament, golf tournament, will be like uh, televised sometime real soon?
1: Yeah. Usually they can't come on the CW. I don't know when the next uh, Live tournament is. They do about one a month. So I assume at some point here in June they'll have another one. But I'm not sure when the next one is.
4: Okay, because I've um, I, I watched most of the golf tournaments on the Golf Channel, and I've been wanting to see if the Live Golf Tournament is going to be on that major network as well.
1: Yeah, not on Golf Channel, at least not yet. You know, we, We'll see what the TV rights uh, maybe change as with this partnership next year, but everything's going to kind of operate the status quo this year. So it'll be on CW. Yeah. yeah. Um,
4: well, with The Auburn uh, football season coming in right around the corner, Uh, where do you see Auburn actually making it to the SEC uh, playoffs this year?
1: Yeah, so I don't think that will be happening uh, this year. I I think, again, they're going to be around a a seven- or eight-win team this year. Uh, That would not be enough to get them to Atlanta for the SEC championship game, but uh, they will be competitive in most, if not every single game, no matter who the opponent is. Uh, But I I think they're they're, going to have to figure some stuff out. Obviously, a lot of rebuilding. And they have brought in a lot of new talent. But uh, I don't think they'll be going to Atlanta this year.
4: Yeah, because if – well, these will be my top uh, uh, six or seven teams in college that might want to make it to Atlanta this year. I'll have to say I'm seeing Florida – no, Florida uh, State. I'm actually seeing Florida State. I'm seeing uh, Tennessee. I'm seeing LSU. And I'm seeing Notre Dame playing in Atlanta.
1: Uh, Is that uh, for the college football playoff, you mean?
4: Yes, for the college football playoff. Because every year, they always, uh, like the people in Atlanta, they always pick, uh, it's a certain amount of people that pick who's uh, who's gonna play in Atlanta and the fans that travel to Atlanta to go and see that same or see those two teams play in the college football playoffs, it's the same team. It's the same two team every year. And I think for me as a college football fan, I think give another give other universities a chance to make it to the college football playoffs as well.
1: Uh, so I, I'm thinking that the the next one uh, is in NRG Stadium in Houston where the next college football playoff championship game is, and then they'll have a, a bunch of different sites in 2024 and 2025. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I they, I mean, they are going to be expanding the playoffs, so more teams will be getting in starting in 2024. So there will be more teams making it in just two years.
4: Yes, yeah, because um, next year um, I, I really don't want to see another rematch between – Alabama and Georgia because that is the, that's going to be like the same, uh, that's going to be like the same movie that I've already, that I've already watched. I want to see some new teams actually playing in the playoffs in Atlanta. You know, I want, I would like to see, uh, Notre Dame or, uh, Penn State or, uh, Colorado, you know, a, a a different, a different, uh, Team that's going to play in Atlanta as well. I just, I mean, I just don't want to see the same two teams that I've already seen before. You know, I've already seen Georgia and Alabama play. You know, in the college football playoffs for, you know, I don't know how long have they been playing, but that 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 rivalry, everybody's going to know Georgia is is the is the top school that Alabama is going to. Actually, play every year in Alabama. They think they are, you know, they they think they got like high talent, which they don't, you know. And every year, they always, you know, with Nick Saban, he's always picking players and putting them in in the NFL roster. And these are young kids, and they're they're looking good, but when they actually leave Alabama to go to the NFL. Every year, the NFL draft always picks Alabama players. I mean, the NFL draft with Roger Goodell, he need, they need to actually pick other schools just besides Auburn or Alabama. I mean, there's it's many schools out there that are on the NFL roster. I mean, I haven't heard any schools, any players from Colorado or Pitt or Penn State or Florida or Florida State or Texas or Texas A and M or Oregon being picked, you know. And and once I watch these uh, these NFL drafts, it's always Alabama. Alabama. I mean, okay, I I know Alabama is a great school, it's a good uh football school, but you know, we're we're Auburn is a really good football school. We have talent. We have um you know hall of famers that came out of auburn that played in the nfl we had like bo jackson and cam newton um um you know uh kenny stabler you know and, and the list goes on and on for auburn because we have a lot of great talent that comes out of auburn as well
1: uh ken stabler went to alabama but but yeah certainly with those other guys um you know obviously, the NFL guys just take uh, the best players, you know they're trying to to get the most talent. and there are some guys from some of the schools you listed, like Texas, Texas A&M, Penn State, et cetera, that do make the NFL draft. but I think just the full volume of, of Alabama guys that go is why we why we talk about that a lot, but they're certainly they certainly are deserving of, of all the all the guys that get into the league because a lot of them paint out to be really good players.
4: Yes, and then um, I've seen like highlights from uh you know when they do highlights on the university of alabama they always say like i look at the university of alabama's uh national championship uh seasons like their years of playing in the in the national championship and most of those years i mean three of those years they didn't even win you know and and a lot of Alabama fans, they'll say, "Oh, we won this year, this year, this year." There's no. I mean, what what years did Alabama actually play their first national championship? I mean, is it listed on their on their uh, on their national championship wall? Nobody knows when Alabama played their first game, or their second, or their third games because they weren't around in the beginning of the Alabama football year you know nobody wasn't around then when Alabama when the University of Alabama's uh, football season actually
0: started
1: yeah yeah so I mean a a lot of that stuff you can look up as as record you can go online and and find some of their Mm -hmm. later history I know that in the Saban era they 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 won a a lot they've won several titles and yeah they've lost one or two but uh or they've lost a couple times the playoff but uh Again, they've they've not lost much, so uh, they they've been pretty dominant, and uh, they have won several titles. So that's kind of where that history comes from. What else is on your mind today?
4: Well, with the NBA finals starting tonight, I have the Denver Nuggets winning Game Three, Four, and Five. So I think that Game Three would be Denver uh, time to win this one. So the final score for this one would be one twenty-one to 110
1: all right 121 110 high scoring game in miami tonight
4: yes as well because i'm actually seeing uh the joker actually playing a lot of his uh major skills and uh seeing if he's going to actually uh sweep the miami heat tonight
1: yeah he can't quite sweep them since miami won game two but maybe he can sweep the the next three and win the series four to one any final thoughts for us today james
4: um, I don't have any final thoughts as well. Not um, that I know of.
1: All right. Well, uh, appreciate the phone call, James, and we'll talk again tomorrow. All right. Sounds good And War Eagle. War Eagle. That is James from Montgomery joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. We need another timeout right here. Back with more Sports Call right after this.
0: crew wants to hear from you give us a phone call at 334-887-3401 this is andy burcham voice of the auburn tigers and you're listening to sports call on tiger 95.9
1: Back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, and Cam Barry with you here on this Wednesday. We're going to go right back to the Auburn Bank phone line now at 334-887-341. Locally or toll-free, eight nine tiger 9 Next up on the program, Wardam Steve. Retired Wardam Steve is with us. Steve, how are you doing today?
5: Good, gentlemen. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I hated that I was a little bit late yesterday, but, you know, let's get to it. Uh, Tom and uh, is it Cam? Yes. George, okay, yes. your, your, your beginning uh, uh, comments on this L.I.V. merger with uh, yeah. PGA. And i tell you right now, guys, uh, after seeing uh, the movie Stephen King's uh, uh, the, uh, the Boogeyman, that was no, nowhere near as scary as what this merger uh, is for me anyway.
2: <laughs> okay.
5: Uh, and I'll tell you why. Who said the following, guys? This is a quote. Have you ever had to apologize for being a member of the PGA Tour?
1: Oh, no, I don't know who
2: said I that. I did see oh, no. it, too, and I don't remember. Who, who, who said it? Jay Monahan. Jay Monahan. Oh.
5: He once asked this of L.I.V. golfers.
1: Gotcha. Oh, yeah, back when uh, back a year ago or so.
5: Yeah. So here's my here's my slant on it, and I've gotten this from – I'm reading the, the, the players. In fact, uh, one of the players, what's his name? Uh, I don't know this gentleman because I don't play, obviously, golf. Don't follow very much. Maybe you guys might know him. Dylan Wu W., do you know who he is? Oh, actually,
1: I'm not really familiar with him.
5: Well, he said the following in his Twitter. Tell me why Jay Monahan basically got a promotion to CEO of all the golf in the world by going back on everything he said the past two years. The hypocrisy. Wish golf worked like that. I guess money always wins at PGA Tour. And then I went to this from Bleacher Report. And I don't know if you guys know about this, but it happened apparently uh, yesterday. Uh, Apparently there is a tournament going on in Toronto, or getting ready to go on. And uh, apparently Monaghan met with the players uh, yesterday at the Oakdale Golf and Country Club. And apparently one of the golfers told reporters, and that golfer is Australian golfer, Joff Ogilvie, uh, that a player called the commissioner out and called him a hypocrite yeah. during the meeting. Yeah, did You know that.
2: Yeah, they've been they've they have been saying all of these things and airing their grievances to his face as they should. Uh I mean, you know the commission I mean, he did say that you know, he said what he said and the things in the past that he said he was working with the information that he had at the time, but it's not like the information has changed at all. Um I I'm not no, really No, I think it was changed. Uh,
5: Cam, if you were interrupting. Cuz this according to his quote He said, I accept those criticisms, this is my hand. But certain things do change. And then he said this, this bullcrap. I think that in looking at the big picture, and in parentheses, Saudi money, and looking at it this way, that's what got to this point.
2: Yeah. So
5: Apparently their slogan is sort of like the SEC's, but turn around. In the PGA, money just means more.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I mean you know like I said earlier you know it's 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 interesting how you know how that price point everybody has one uh, it seems uh, you know money money talks uh, at the end of the day that that's really what makes the world go round so here we are
5: and yet and yet this was the same person who convinced the PGA players at that yeah. time to stay with them right absolutely you don't want to go to the other side who what is getting money from a ruler, Saudi Prince there, uh, who has been conclusively determined by the CIA that he was instigator of the hacking and dismembering and uh, killing of a journalist, Khashoggi. Right. And that's where this money is coming from. Now, I want to ask you this, guys. It says here that Monaghan will serve as CEO, but the governor and chairman would be Yasser al-Rumiyan, who be the chairman. So who has more power and say-so? Is it him or is it Monahan?
1: So he will have the kind of the business uh, side of the power, and Monahan has what's actually going on on the course, kind of an operational and event standpoint, from what I understand, well, from what I read.
5: I guess I'm wondering, can Yasser say in the future he doesn't care for Monaghan's uh, policies or uh, actions, can he just say... You're out of here. I want somebody else.
1: Maybe uh, there might be language in the uh, in the deal. For some new leadership, right? There might be language in the deal. I mean, so I mean, honestly, the players want Monahan out now. I mean, they, oh, they, they, He's not popular with any of them anymore. So, uh, it could be very much a player-driven thing too. Um, uh, but but I would assume there's some language that would make it maybe more difficult. I, I don't know. It depends on what agreement they struck. Well you
5: know, the PIF is. The sole investor and the PIF is under the control of again the Saudi prince. Now, I can't imagine that they're going to put in someone uh, if Monahan's relieved of his duties who won't be a puppet.
1: Yeah, I mean, that would be that would be probable.
5: So, gee, I, I would not. Now, are all the players upset about this? Surely not. I want to be fair and balanced. Uh, Greg Norman, Gary Player, they're happy with it. They've already sold their souls. So I guess ethics and integrity no longer apply, but then the writer-journalist I've read uh, from the New York Times said uh, ethics and integrity never really mattered uh, to begin with the PGA. Do you think that was a fair criticism, guys?
1: Yeah, I mean... I mean, honestly, at this point, you know. It kind of seems like it. I don't know who would be. Other, other than the players that stuck in the PGA Tour, um, you know, I don't know who would be blameless in any of this. So, I mean, I, guess, I yeah. I mean, again, I can't. It's a hard deal to figure from the PGA side of things. It just is.
5: Now, we're treating this as a done deal. However, this article was written by a New York Times sports writer. Uh, says, hold on it's not done deal yet because the Board of governors have to go along and prove it and he says he's heard from inside sources that uh, not everybody is on board like, have you guys heard or read anything uh, to that nature
1: uh no not that I'm yeah yeah no, no I don't think so
5: okay I'm just wondering you know could it fall through
1: ah uh, I mean i I would think something this large at this point that's become this public would be pretty difficult to fall through. Obviously, there's no good PR here, you know, really whatsoever, but I don't know if that's enough to make this, I mean, because if if the deal were to fall through, then we go back to having litigation, we go back to having lawsuits, we go back to uh, animosity between the entire golf world, and it would just be times two, uh, and I don't think that those people really want that at this point, so uh, I Um, mean, I would would assume that they uh, that would continue to go through.
5: All right. Well, that's us home because we can't do anything about it, but thanks for letting me make my commentary. Next, Luis Ariz, am I pronouncing it right?
1: Yeah, I think it's Ariz uh, or, yeah, our I think eyes. it's Ariz, yeah. Well, but
5: He did it again yesterday, didn't he?
1: Yep, hitting over 400 now. That's insane, man.
5: 401, and he hit apparently another doubleheader, a, a, a double, uh, that broke another record. I think, I think it says number 46.
1: Yeah, he has more multi-hit games than um, strikeouts, I believe, in his entire career, which is insane.
5: Um, should he be looking at making the Hall of Fame?
1: Well, he's going to have to do this for several years. Yeah, uh, I know. I uh, know But, that, but, but certainly on made, this pace, yes. Is he a shoe-in? No, no. because, again, it's way too uh, – I, I hate it, but you got to put together 10, 12, 14 good years. Uh, and so, obviously, if he did this for a decade, then yes. But, um, no, he's got a ways to go.
5: Do you think he can sustain this kind of performance?
1: No, no. Uh, I think no. You guys I, both said no. I, I think he can hit 300 for his career. Uh, he is a great contact hitter, and the strikeout element of it is something that I, I admire the hell out of. No matter what yeah, he ends why. up hitting this year, there, there's guys nearing 100 strikeouts already. You know, in, in 60 games, and for him to have, I think 11 for the year. <laughs> You know that that that's just that is unheard of. That is back to the early 1900s when everyone's throwing 85. You know, and 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 a and a, a curveball breaks like two inches. You know, I mean, like that that's that that's the last time guys regular regularly struck out that felt. Now you had your Tony Gwynns and stuff that that certainly made a bunch of contact, didn't strike out much. But but the last 20 years or so, strikeouts have just gone way up, and and it. You used to get benched if you struck out as much as these guys get uh, get struck out. So I appreciate that in a world where the strikeout is is uh, is kind of overlooked. I appreciate that that matters to that guy, and that we're sitting here sixty games in the year, and he's on track for like thirty strikeouts, twenty five strikeouts this year. That's great.
5: Okay, so let me throw this maybe kind of a baseball naive question to you guys: How come he has not walk more?
1: Um. I mean, I I know he hasn't walked a whole lot. I I mean,
5: long not to just walk him. and pitch the, around
1: him. Usually, you pitch around guys who are scared are going to have powerful hits like home runs. So they're more and,
5: worried about home runs.
1: Yes, yeah, that that's typically why you walk somebody. It, you, they're you're usually okay getting singled to death. And our eyes... part of why he doesn't strike out a lot is he's not swinging for the fence. He's 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 he hits some doubles for sure, but but a lot of his hits are singles. He does not have a lot of powerful hits. So. Usually pitchers will pitch around somebody or pitch more carefully someone they think they're going to give up a home run to.
5: Okay, I got you. So they don't see him as a real um, run threat.
1: No, and, and I think he's got five home runs this year, something like that, or, or no, just one home run this year. Um, so he's not a home run hitter. And again, Unless you,
5: the bases are loaded.
1: Uh, was his one home run a grand slam then? I, I.
5: No, I'm just saying, if the bases is loaded, then I pitch around him.
1: Well, but but even a single and a walk are the same thing. So, I mean, he's not likely to have an extra base hit, so I'd rather make him put it in play, although obviously he's got a great record of doing that. Uh, So, again, there's there's not a lot of situations where you pitch around him, and, you know, as far as his batter's eye, obviously he's able to make contact with pitches out of the zone and fight pitches off. So, uh, you know, he's definitely not a high walk guy, but obviously with what he's doing, he doesn't need to be.
5: All right, let's move on to... Good old Auburn sports. I just got an email uh, from uh, the Auburn uh, Athletic Department for the upcoming football season tickets. Now, are you guys um, season ticket holders by chance? Uh,
1: No. no, None of us are, no. Uh,
5: I'm not that wealthy either. So I went to see, okay, what are they, because it says season tickets are now available. So let me see what they're going for. So I don't think they're too crazy this year, are they? Well, uh, for me, it's crazy. Uh, If you want section E... Uh, 30, uh, say, well, 2nd uh, E30. 30, 30, okay? Uh, seat availability says it's low, but in order to get those seats, you're going to have to uh, be paying not only $765 for the tickets, but a $3,000 required donation.
2: Oh, that's where they get you.
5: Okay. So, uh, there we go for that. Now, the cheapest ones I'm seeing at in the upper section uh, was like. Uh, and I sat in those, by the way. Uh, I was in section, uh, I'm sorry, uh, row 63. I'll tell you, there is no row 63, because that is where the board is on the uh, north side. Uh, 63 is non-visible. It's, it's at the very top. They're what he numbered, you know? Uh, but those are going for some $765 also, by the way.
1: But, uh, but maybe so a less commitment to the athletics department or something?
5: Yeah, uh No commitment. And That's then the right. really cheap ones are in the nosebleed section on the east and west sides. They're going for $495. And I sat in those uh, seats one time, and I got dizzy looking down. Uh, so there you go. The, the real I bring this up, guys, is you know, it used to be if I could take myself and my kids, you know, and might spend maybe 200 $300 for their tickets and for, for eating some food. Not anymore. Uh, it's getting to be where... Uh, I guess the average, um, you know, uh, worker, blue-collar worker, whatever you know, fan uh, for Auburn uh, is going to be pretty much invisible. Uh, your thoughts or comments. You think I'm over uh, exaggerating this?
1: I mean, I think prices for valuable sports teams continue to go up. Period, and that's that's not just Auburn, and that that's a part of the the continual boom of the sports industry. Now, I can tell you that you know, there has obviously been some increased excitement and I know you don't plan on going uh, to every game anyway. So there will be games, you know, unfortunately uh, if, if Auburn does not play well, well where you wouldn't even pay face value for that to get in. However, if Auburn's really good, then those secondary ticket markets go skyrocketing and people will pay hundreds of dollars to get into the, the Alabama game or the Georgia game. So, um, you know, usually it is still, uh, still, excuse me, a deal uh, to be a season ticket holder than it is to buy tickets off the secondary market. Usually, again, unless the team is really bad. So, I mean, again, it, it's I get it. No one wants to pay more. I mean, that's you know, no one's just happy go lucky about right. that. Right. But the, but that's that's the trend in, in sports. And I know my season tickets for the Bucks have gone up every year, and they went up this year despite Tom Brady retiring. Didn't matter. So. That that's just that's just how it goes. And it's unfortunate again, no one likes it but but that's the way it works.
5: You know, it used to be, at least for me when I was uh, living in Opal, I could, uh what, about four or five years ago and I'm gone, uh, that I could just go to the game and get it from scalpers. Well now, you know, it's come to a point where you really can't trust the scalpers, they may have uh, you know, fraudulent or you know, fake, you know, uh, tickets. And you don't find that out until maybe you go to to the uh to the uh, game, to the gate, right? Uh, but then on top of this, not only are the tickets gone up in price, because I remember the highest ticket price was for the Iron Bowl. And they were 85 bucks. because I have it framed here. Um, and now, because uh, I just learned, to my dismay, that if you live out of town and you want to get a hotel room, uh, most of the major hotel chains in uh, Auburn are requiring that you have to, what, make a two-night reservation.
1: Interesting. I didn't know about that. I know the yes. prices for hotels certainly go up for game weekends. Oh, they double, yeah. they
5: double them yeah. at least. But you have to have a two-night room reservation minimum.
1: Yeah, I did not know that. But again, when you have high so, demand, uh, you can set a new new, new set of rules. We are out of time for the hour, though, Steve, so we're going to have to let okay. you go.
5: Well, thank you for letting me whine and complain about that part. So uh, with that being said, uh, thanks for your time, guys. And uh, if you like scary movies, I highly recommend uh, the uh, new Stephen King uh, Boogeyman. Five right, guys. Have a relaxing afternoon, and uh, we'll try to do this again uh, tomorrow. Until
1: then, Warrior you guys. Warrior Steve, appreciate your phone call. That yeah. is Retire Ward AM Steve joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. We are out of time for hour number one, still to come in hour number two. Some talk on the Atlanta Braves and college football expansion. You're listening to the Wednesday edition of Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
0: We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now coming to you live from the loveliest village on the Plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call.
1: Our number two is Sports Call starting right now, Tiger 95.9, Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, and Cam Barry with you here on this Wednesday afternoon fun first hour with a couple phone calls on the Auburn Bank phone line if you ever miss anything go back and check out the sports call podcast which is presented by Coca-Cola if you want to hear something again make sure you go back and listen to our show on demand wherever you get po- your podcast and join ice cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk Coca-Cola taste the feeling of course you can find the sports Call podcast on SoundCloud Stitcher Google Play iTunes Apple podcast Spotify TuneIn, in and the Tiger communications app Starting hour number two, let's talk some college realignment. Uh, This is a theme of the offseason. It has been a theme maybe the last couple offseasons, really, when you factor in the Texas and Oklahoma decisions of recent history. But the momentum continues to grow for vast changes in the sport. The reports uh, the other day, yesterday, we did not get to this on the show. The reports are signaling that there is real interest in the Big 12 and UConn, adding UConn for all sports uh, uh, into the Big 12, which on the surface doesn't seem like a whole lot because UConn is independent in other sports. They are uh, obviously in the Big East, which is a basketball. good basketball conference. Yeah. Uh, but what this sparks in my mind is you usually add even a number right, of teams. And we've been talking about the scenario where Colorado ends up going mm-hmm. back to the Big 12. And in my opinion, at this stage, any leakage from the Pac-12 is terrible news. The Pac-12 Awful. continues to be... Die. Um, in, in, a, ...in a very barren state. They, they don't have the TV deal yet. There's reports that they've been working on handshake agreements and that sort of thing, and mm. Arizona AD goes on five mobs like, yeah, I don't know anything. I have confidence. <sighs> oh, that's so bad. But I don't know anything. Oh, that's bad. And so <laughs> when you hear of UConn, potentially going to the big 12 what comes to mind
2: um i mean you know yeah improvement to basketball at the very least um i i'm not really sure about all the other sports but improvement to basketball at least in the big 12 that'll be fun um and uh, another loss for the pac 12 i just you know a continued thought about that and um, I, I mean, like you said, if one, if they add one, you're bound to add another because you want to have even, so, um, that would probably bring in, um, the, the Colorado would be more, the Colorado to the big 12 would be more and more likely, which again, is another shot in the foot for the pac 12. So, um, yeah, that, that's just pac 12 is just. Slowly dying, man. I'm telling you, two years it's gone.
3: Seriously, it two really years. does feel like the Pac-12 Gons. is just going away. And I mean, I, it is what it is. I mean, do you find
1: it odd that UConn would be interested in the Big Twelve? Like, I mean, because they are been loyal to the Big East in basketball for a long time. Yeah. Uh, um, now, obviously, being independent, they're not getting uh, the same revenue share. Sure. But I mean, that that is again not something that if you just cooked that up for me a, uh, a decade ago, I'd be like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but, but, but right. now it doesn't make
3: any sense. It, it didn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. Back then. But now, yeah, it makes perfect sense because I mean, it's all about the Benjamins. Yeah. And, and I mean, when the big, the big 12 can offer you a heck of a lot more money than the big East, they like, can obviously as an independent, and, right. And you know, coming
2: off a title, if you're Yukon, uh, yeah, right
3: for basketball, and, at least. Sure. Well, and, I mean, for basketball, it, it, they're already a big deal in basketball so right. that's not but i mean these other sports especially like football i mean they got to be salivating over the chance to you know we can actually grow our program now and actually do some things that we haven't been able to do so uh yeah i mean good for them but i mean i i, I would have never seen that like i said years ago i wouldn't have seen that but Yeah, now it makes perfect sense.
1: And, of course, UConn will, again, stretch the the limits uh, geographically speaking uh, as Connecticut decidedly not near the the normal footprint of the Big 12. But the good news for the conference is it has a numerical name and not a (laughs) geographical name. So you didn't say 12 of what. (laughs) Now, granted, you're going to have different numbers, and the Big 10 and Big 12 have been absolutely abysmal in actually staying true to their number. It's kind of a, like if you try to describe this, like we're used to this because we have grown up with these conferences. We know what their history is. We know the base teams in these conferences, save for what's about to happen with Oklahoma and Texas. And, and we, we can operate under just jokes that these, te- these conferences are not counting correctly any longer. You try to tell somebody that was moving from a different country that had no awareness for college athletics in America. The, yeah, yeah the, the Big Ten, they, they they've always... They had more 10 schools. They, they, they did, yeah And the Big 12 actually has less. They, they, the team <laughs> that has 10 currently. And, and it's going up. But now now they're going up. So they're going up to, to 12. Well, yeah, for a little while, but then they're going to go more 12. Uh, and just be like, they just rename oh, your conference. Right. Rename the conference. At that point. Right. right. The Big 14 or the Big 13, whatever, whatever you end up. I don't know. It sounds weird to us because we're <laughs> right. used to these names. Right. But, like... Is that worse than... Ha- okay, which one's worse? Because we've normalized the number thing, but which one's worse? Not counting correctly, having a different number than your, your namesake, or if having teams that are geographically not there. Like, like, if, <sighs> like okay, for example, I, I know this is basketball, but let me not use all the, the examples we always use. The Big East Conference mm-hmm. for basketball has Creighton. Creighton's not in the uh-uh. East. Uh-huh. Omaha, Nebraska, decidedly right. not East. Like, are those type of things worse in your opinion than numbers just not I, being? Correct. I think the number thing is worse. I do actually, because well, you uh, can I change mean, that. Yeah, I guess. But they're not—they're not doing it. So well, that's true. they're just willingly like, yeah, I don't care. It doesn't yeah, add up.
3: We don't. care. Well, see. But they, they did it one time because that used to be the Big Eight. Sure. They yeah. To the Big Twelve, and the Pac Twelve used to be the Pac Ten. Yeah, exactly. So they can change the number. Pac
2: twelve might have to go back to the pack. Well tell the
3: Big Ten now, Pac-12 they won't do that Pac twelve might be the pack <laughs> six. <laughs> not it. The big yeah, Big Ten is just stuck. Big Pac yeah. twelve might no be
2: Pac eight, pack
1: Pac six, pack four. And yeah. then <laughs> pack No pack. Yeah. No yeah. pack. <laughs> yeah. The whack is back. <laughs> something like that. I you Well know, Southeastern
3: you can just call it sort of the Southeastern Conference.
1: Yeah, southish, a southish or, conference. Yeah, south-ish. yeah. Oh, well, because I mean, all conference. the teams at least are still south. They're although south, it, Missouri is is suspicious, but fine. You know, because Oklahoma and Texas are still south, no matter what. Even right. though it's not south. Yeah, no, they are south. No, so the the south part's still hanging in there. Uh, East, relatively speaking. Yeah. But um, it, it, I don't know. It's not a big deal in the scheme of things. It's it's, it's a joke, obviously. This is I don't spitball. Care. But but uh, it's just it's it is uh it is funny to see all that now with Yukon going into the big 12, again, this is reported. This is not gospel. This is not, this is not, it is happening. It is just a, a educated report. It is. The momentum is there. Uh, clearly the big 12 is wanting something like this to happen. If this does happen. And then the big 12 takes a Pac 12 school. That still doesn't mean they're done. That means that that round is complete, but there might be another round. And, They've talked to a lot of the Pac-12 schools. They've definitely talked to Arizona. Um, I, I think they've really not spent much time on Oregon-Washington because that's the Somebody, Big Ten space yeah. to, cor- oh, yeah. to work Probably on. Right. Uh, I think they'd like Arizona State, but Arizona State's more bullish, and I think that they uh, are not opposed to some of the other Pac-12 schools. but. The, they've also thought about Gonzaga basketball, which is interesting because anything that Gonzaga-related happens. Unless Gonzaga creates a football team, I, to my knowledge, they don't have one. No, they, do, they do not. They, they don't. So unless they create a football team, you're going to then have that weird scenario where there's a basketball-only member. Uh, so then what do you do numbers-related at that point? But, but obviously, there, it, the Keep Big it going, 12 no scenes. Divisions. Like, they are the only conference right now that is valuing basketball on at least a similar level to football.
2: Even though... They, they were the best basketball conference last year, for sure. And they
1: usually they, are. I yeah. mean, well, I mean, recently, yes. I mean, 10 years ago, no. they would have had a couple great yeah. programs. But, it you know, it would have been ACC. And then yeah. Big Ten has certainly right. been up there. Right. Uh, the SEC is kind of relatively Getting newer there. here yeah. in, in this space of having a, a truly deep league. I agree. The... The thing that interests me, though, is obviously football is what drives 99.9% yeah. of the changes, <laughs> right, right, except right. for maybe this one UConn change. Right. Uh, although it would drive it from UConn's perspective, because that's how they get more money. That's how they get their team in a conference. But it just fascinates me because all these other conferences are so hell-bent on the football side of it. But the Big 12 recognizes on some level at least there is some money to be made basketball. Basketball is a revenue-generating sport. For the successful programs, absolutely. Um, so it's interesting that they're kind of like, well, we don't mind having a couple of basketball-heavy programs, even if they don't bring much to the table football-wise. Um, I kind of like it because some of these schools that they could target football-wise are are just they're rough around the edges football uh, from their football program. Like they've never been something, or you're asking, you're still asking teams to be something they've never been like if like I, I've talked about the Pac-12 needed to go and get like San Diego State Boise State maybe Fresno State so if, say for Boise State like if the Big 12 for some reason got interested in like San Diego State well San Diego you're still asking San Diego State football to be more relevant than it's ever been right and, and it might happen in time but it might take a long time yeah all right <laughs> But UConn's relevant not in football, but as but a definitely. program because of basketball, right. and it's incredibly relevant. Agreed. Gonzaga does not even have football, but basketball-wise, you're creating a behemoth if you add UConn and Gonzaga. And Absolutely. again, I get it; it's still a fraction of what football is, but it is a it's fraction. Something. It's yeah. actually on it's the pie, something. unlike Agreed. something like gymnastics or softball or right. something that just does not does generate not. money. Mm-mm. It does generate something, so. I, it's a fascinating charge here. Now, again, I will say, although the Pac-12 is my least favorite conference in existence, <laughs> uh, I still am not a huge supporter of let's just have the 20-team conferences with like three conferences that matter, and right? Haves and have-nots and all that. I, that's that's still not my ultimate goal here. But it is funny that the Pac-12, the self-proclaimed conference I'm of champions. champions. Is the one in danger of not being able to hold championships because they wouldn't be operational? Right. So I That's, don't know any any other thoughts on you guys. If you're the Big Twelve, do you like what they're doing with some basketball programs here? Do you think that they should be? I mean, I I think this is the answer. This is obvious. Should they be uh, constantly up in the grill of all the Pac-12 schools trying to get them on board? What what what, what How should they be operating? Yeah, I mean, I.
3: I, I mean, I think the Big Twelve. I think the Big Twelve and other conferences have to realize that the Pac Twelve is steadily going away, and so yeah, you start plucking those teams. And uh, if if you want to focus, obviously SEC is going to have a, a huge chokehold on football. So maybe as Big Twelve, you want to try to become the the old, the basketball conference, and so you you focus your energy there because you know you're not going to top football. You can still have some really good football programs, but understand the SEC is going to have that chokehold, and so uh, yeah, start plucking some of those schools. Uh, I mean, if if the Pac-12 is going to go away, then they got to go somewhere.
2: Yeah, I mean, t- start taking shots at these programs. I'm very curious to see with the Oregon how long they will hold out because the Big Ten. I mean, they're they're going to come calling at some point, right? And Oregon's. I mean, you know, maybe they can't really remain loyal, and we did have that conversation about maybe they just stay as long as they can to be the best best in their conference and run the conference for, you know, however many years the Pac-12 continues to last, or Pac-whatever continues to last. Um, and then, you know, when the time comes, all right, it's the writing's on the wall this this conference is about to die jump ship take money from you know whatever conference is offering the most probably going to be the Big Ten um, that would fit the best and then go on about your merry way and you don't drop any steps you know so uh, it, it, it'll be interesting um, to see uh, and you know if you're the Big 12 I, I think Tom really kind of hit it on the head there you know football is really gonna is just gonna be dominated by the SEC um, but basketball, you can definitely, you can definitely get some reach there. You've, you've already kind of gained a bit of a reputation that you have been pretty solid in basketball. Um, especially like you said, over the last few years. Uh, so why not continue to invest in that and, and, you know, bring in a said champion. Like, uh, I mean, uh, the, the current champion in Yukon bring in a, a program that's been highly competitive the last um you know 10 or so years in gonzaga um and and build build up that repertoire as a as a dominant basketball um conference and and just work from there
3: here's a question that i would have though is like how the how these dominoes fall because we've been sitting here talking about how the pac 12 is just going to go away maybe they don't go away what if now you know in that series of dominoes falling the pac 12 then goes after the whack you because
1: mean Mountain West, or Mount is it Mount? It's not the WAC anymore, is it? You know, I was joking about the WAC. the WAC has a, a basketball league. They're not D one football though. They uh, have it? a lot. there. Mount,
3: but Mountain West.
1: Right. Yeah, the, the Boise's, um, Fresno's exactly, right. and,
3: and you know, start trying to as they lose teams, then they're going to want to try to pick up teams. Oh, uh, for sure. Uh, so so then you'll end up seeing them go after the uh, San Jose State Fresno colorado state san diego um, san diego state yeah. you know trying to trying to get those you know into the pac 12 to to yeah. keep their to keep their viability going but then of course then that domino falls onto the mountain west what happens to that you know who at do they bring point, in at, one, you know
2: yeah i mean some conference is going to be uh the ultimate loser right and it, but it's but i think
3: yeah but i think it's going to be a very smaller time conference and not the pac 12 pac 12 is going to Keep getting bringing teams in because I think they can offer money in TV contracts. Whereas yeah. some of these others, but it's got to be can. teams
2: that are profitable, right? It's got to well, be teams yeah. that are going to bring in some some real revenue to the to the well, conference see, and popularity. I think they
1: already dropped the ball, and on, that on adding on the, the smaller yeah. teams, they should have already done right. that because now that even the smaller teams are looking and saying, "Well, Why? you don't have a TV contract right. to, to so even what does that offer us mean? and we are just—you're just going to create a, t- a league that already has all of us in it. We might as well stay where we've been. Like there's no incentive for us to go there because you don't have any figures for us. Right. Um, the other angle I wanted to look at—I did think of one more before we get a break. Birthdays and sports come up a little bit. Is should the ACC be targeting UConn? Because we've been reading about mm. the Big Twelve. Make a lot more and sense. The ACC is the league that historically is the best conference in college basketball although it has fallen clearly the last few years should that be the league that's trying to not stand still because they've been fighting off their own little warts of right. the, you know they had to change the pay structure a little bit for sure. a couple more million to the teams that are, are, are competing in these championships should they be targeting UConn because that is obviously way more geographically relevant and then UConn can say, "Well, yeah, the ACC maybe not having the last couple of years as goes to the Big Twelve, but historically these programs round back in the form, like this. This has been the conference to be in. Sure, they can still offer the same deals with with football membership and that sort of thing. Why? Why shouldn't the ACC try and grow by two? Yeah, I, I mean,
3: and, and it makes a lot more sense, you know, just geographically for the ACC to get involved. Now, ACC has already expanded up to Pittsburgh and." Yeah, and, and, Syracuse. and Syracuse, and so yeah, I mean, so it, it would make a lot more sense, um, and, and yeah, and the AC, or the ACC, uh, that would be beneficial to the ACC because, like you said, the stuff that they've been having to fight off, and I mean, it's like feels like they've been desperately trying to hang on to teams themselves. You know, there's always the rumors of Clemson and Florida State want to eventually join the SEC and things like oh, that. And so that would be oh yeah, well yeah, I mean that would be insane. But but you know, you start talking about. These, these power conferences, and I mean that's where we're going towards. Uh, it would make a lot more sense for the ACC to go after UConn, and I mean if they have not talked about that, I don't know why they haven't.
1: I, I who would be the other team the ACC would try and pair it with? I'm assuming they didn't want to stay at, a, at um, an odd number, could you think of another team that? I mean, um, could, could they just UConn? Could they just? Oh uh,
2: well, I mean, could they just lock Notre Dame in? I know Notre Dame is
1: technically uh, yeah. for some sports, but just Notre say, Dame's just been so unwilling to be yeah. a part of a conference. They did, just they want their dumb. football autonomy. They just oh. do, and I mean, good for them, I guess. I, I can't make them do anything, right. but
3: well, no, so and, and I'm just all I'm doing is thinking geographically right now. Uh, what would make more sense? Um, the only one that over there that is not currently in the ACC, but West Virginia's in the Big Twelve right now. Yes. So I don't know. Do you try to pluck West Virginia away from the Big Twelve? Mm. I don't see that happening. Yeah, I don't
2: see that happening either. Um, and so maybe that's the holdup. Maybe
1: it's Notre Dame. Yeah, maybe Notre know, Dame's the issue. The maybe thing the is, problem. though, is I don't want to stand still because I can't get the other part of it. You know, like yeah. like now. You might have to get creative with something. Right, and just go uneven for a little but bit. We, that's what I'm saying is going on with the Pac-12, is the Pac-12 stood still. Right. And now it's falling behind, because everyone else is moving forward, and they're just chilling. So the ACC is not in jeopardy right now, because the Pac-12 is the one oh, getting, that, that's right, potentially going to get plucked. But you wait long enough, you don't increase value for yeah, yourself. Others will increase them. value. So... It's not maybe a twenty twenty three problem for the ACC. Can be twenty yeah, seven. Seven, eight, nine yeah. down the
3: road. Where where's what conference is Louisville right now? They're in the the ACC? ACC. They uh, yeah. It yeah, is they ACC. The, the ACC year.
1: plucked the biggie. A lot right. of the Big East teams that were successful in football, football, basketball. They plucked Miami. They plucked Pittsburgh. They 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 plucked various teams right. from the ACC. Syracuse or oh, from the Big Syracuse one TP. Uh, so, I mean. Oh. I, I, I don't know um, if another one is coming to mind. Do you guys have another Villanova. one? In? Villanova. Villanova? Villanova. Um, that could be a good one. Obviously, but, uh, well, they obviously, don't
2: have foot. They oh. they have division. They, uh, Villanova,
3: Villanova plays in the FCS in football.
2: Oh, I think it. I mean, so uh, would the I mean,
1: ACC be comfortable with two clearly basketball programs? Right. Or would because, they want one offset? Because even the Big 12 is still going to kind of technically be offsetting. Right, I mean they've, I mean they've hung their hats on, on football,
2: right? I mean, kind of, and well, I say that they've hung their hats on basketball, really. When you think when about it, when they
1: took some of those Big East teams, they they it was equitable. It was right. a couple basketball first programs, and It was a couple football program, f- programs yeah. first. Like Syracuse, obviously, was a basketball get, right? But football was like Miami yeah, and Pittsburgh. Absolutely. Those were football gets right. for them at that time. Um, and it so happened that actually over time Miami is now becoming basketball. one of their better basketball yeah, programs. Right. But they tried to have, and, and then again, when they added Louisville 2, uh, which basketball. was later, but it yeah. was still kind of from the Big East AAC model. Uh, Louisville is a is a basketball, so they added a couple of basketball programs first and a couple of football programs first. Yeah. Uh, the you know if the ACC, if, the only
3: other thing that I can think of is if they were to try to bring up one of the one of the uh, FIU or FAU down in Florida, who, but yeah, who
1: are just now moving to
2: the
3: AAC. Yeah,
2: I yeah. I make that move. I like that Villanova thing. I like I like that. That's a good suggestion, TP. Um, that's that's not too bad. Yeah. Um, just just that, lock into the basketball thing. I, right. I just I I mean I think Tom's just football is is just it's just dominated so heavily mm-hmm. by the SEC and even the ACC is top heavy, right? You got right. Clemson and and Clemson. I, I mean, <laughs>
1: <you> <laughs> Clemson, know, and yeah. Clemson. Historically, there's others, but right <laughs> F- now, right,
2: right uh, yeah. But just in terms of right now, right. right historically,
3: yeah. there are of course FSU is right. trying to get back. FSU up there.
2: is trying to Both get Florida back Floridian up there, schools, there yeah. As, yeah. as well. Okay. Um, and, you know, Miami is also trying, but um, your basketball competitiveness is always going to be up there just in terms of people talking about it because of Syracuse, because of um, Duke, because of UNC, because of, you know, all of those those schools that have that popularity. So you might as well just why not push push for that competition more? Why not? I I, I mean, maybe it's, it's, it's just something to think about.
1: We're going to go to our first time out here uh, of hour number two. Enjoy the expansion conversation. There will be more because there's always more news in this uh, crazy college landscape these days. But we're going to take our first time out of hour number two. Back with Birthdays and Sports right after this.
0: You're listening to the multi-time Abbey Award-winning Sports Call. Want more Sports Call? Check us out online at SportsCallAuburn.com.
1: Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Cam Barry, and Tom Peavy with you here on this Wednesday. A little chat on the other side of that break about continued expansion in college athletics. Uh, rumors that the Big 12 are making progress with UConn on a potential uh, membership that would include all the sports. Uh, but again, not, not final, not is happening, just on a road that could lead to that. Uh, we'll certainly keep you updated on all that. More of those discussions will surely be in our future. But for now, as we continue on, let's get to today's birthdays and sports. It's time for today's birthdays in sports. Birthdays in sports is presented by Max Credit Union with two convenient locations to serve you, one location on Gay Street in Auburn, and the other on Frederick Road in Okolanka. The Max Credit Union helps you with all of your banking needs. Allen Iverson turns 48 today, former NBA MVP, 11-time All-Star, three-time first-team All-NBA, a Rookie of the Year winner, three-time All-NBA second-teamer, and his number three is retired by the Philadelphia 76ers. He was named one of the greatest players in NBA history as he made the NBA 75th anniversary list, was the first overall pick of the 1996 NBA draft out of Georgetown. Go Hoyas. Uh, signed T.P. Hammock, too, uh, who is a Georgetown fan. He finished his career with over 24,000 career points. And Allen Iverson attended? Uh, he is from Bethel High
3: School in Hampton, Virginia. Go Bruins. No Bruins. Okay. That's a new
1: one for the high yeah. school. We've had Bears before. I had oh, we've before. got a good one on here today. Okay, awesome. Christian McCaffrey turns 27, current running back for the San Francisco 49ers. Won the AP College Football Player of the Year in 2015 at Stanford. Go Cardinal. He also won the Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Year. He was drafted eighth overall in 2017 by the Carolina Panthers. Two-time Pro Bowler and a First Team All-Pro and a Second Team All-Pro. Over 4,000 rushing yards and over 3,000 receiving yards in his career.
3: Straight out of Valor Christian Academy in Highlands Ranch, Colorado. Go Eagles. Okay. Generic still. Yeah. Christian
1: McCaffrey turns twenty seven. If you look
3: through Valor Christian, like it's like notable alumni, it's like McCaffrey, McCaffrey, McCaffrey,
1: McCaffrey, McCaffrey. Yep. Like all, all the McCaffreys. All of the CNC. McCaffreys have gone to Valor Christian. Yep. Brian Thomas turns 44. Thomas out of Birmingham, Alabama, played for the New York Jets for 11 years. Played collegiately at UAB. Go Blazers! There you go. He was drafted the first round in 2002 NFL Draft. And in his career with 442 tackles, th- 33 and a half sacks. His best season came in 2006 when he had eight and a half sacks.
3: He went to minor high school north of Birmingham. They are the I know. Tenacious Tigers. Well, technically, the
1: Tenacious Tigers. They are. Okay. They are the Tenacious I
3: Tigers. I, I would have thought they were just the
1: Tigers. No, nope. they are the Tenacious Tigers. All right. Well, and Brian Thomas was tenacious uh, yep. for uh, NFL offensive lines, and he turns forty-four today. I, that's fast. I. I want to know. I don't remember. Again, I'm from Birmingham. I don't yep. remember people calling them that. That's fascinating. And then Don Money turned 76 today. Money was the third baseman, uh, for most famously for the Milwaukee Brewers, four-time All-Star member of the Brewers Hall of Fame, in his career with 176 home runs, 729 RBIs, and a two sixty one batting average. He was drafted as an amateur out Please of – say he went to Abraham Lincoln High School? Sure. La
3: Plata High. Or
1: something that or has – La Plata. It's either still.
3: La Plata or La Plata uh, School outside of Washington, D.C. in Southern Maryland. Go – Warriors. Warriors. Okay, so we had some
1: generic ones, but Miner slapped the tenacious on the Tigers. Yeah, tenacious Tigers. All right. Shout out to, again, our intern, TP Hammock, for putting that list together. Those are on the birthdays in sports, presented by Max Credit Union. Again, Alan Iverson, 48, Christian McCaffrey, 27, Brian Thomas, 44, and Don Money, 76. We're going to go to our next timeout. More Sports Call after this.
0: need a timeout. Sports Call will be back after this quick break.
1: I'm Britt Bowen, voice of Auburn women's basketball and Auburn softball. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back to Sports Call Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, and Cam Berry with you here on this Wednesday. Let's get into some baseball talk now and some Atlanta Braves. This time last week, everyone was panicking because the Braves were uh, losing to the Oakland Athletics. And things were not positive. Uh, Since then, Braves took two out of three from the Diamondbacks, who, as we discussed Uh, were leading the NL West. They technically, uh, until the Braves beat them in a series, had the best record in the National League. So that was a good series win. And then the Braves um, beat the Metropolitans last night, the first game. Again, going through the ebbs and flows of baseball. Let's start with something more particular, though. There's just the generic, hey, Braves, good week. Keep it going. Did you feel one way or the other about the Marcel Azuna incident this past weekend where he – Hit the four hundred and ten foot single off the off the top and admired it, only to realize it hit the fence and was not a homer, and then got yanked. Is that a, is that a no deal for you? Do you care? Uh, I thought it was a fair move. I think
3: I, I think to pull him to pull him. Yeah,
2: yeah. I think it was a fair move to pull him. You know, I mean, you got to hustle no matter what until right. until it's truly announced that it is. You know, home run. Okay, you can do your trot. That's fine. Um, but you know he felt like it was a no doubt or he didn't hustle and then only ended up with a single. And, you know, I don't know how the rest of that inning played out. I'm not sure. Uh, Cause I was not watching, but you know, that you could have, could have ended up with a triple. You could have ended up with a double. How, you know, obviously Ozuna is not crazy fast, but even a double like extra base hit and you only ended up with a single. So yeah, I think he was right to get pulled for that because, um, you know, he 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 didn't hustle correctly like he was supposed to, and um, I get it. You know, you felt like it was a no doubter, and you, you felt like you pimped it, but <laughs> you didn't. <laughs> and nobody announced that it was a home run. They did, you know, nobody yeah, knows that. it was that. clearly yeah. not a
1: home run. Right. Yeah. And
2: so, you know, that that's why. I mean, he was. Uh, I think Snicker was within every within his right to pull uh, Ozuna for that. And I, I mean, I'm sure he learned his lesson. I mean, I'm pretty sure. He's pulled Ronald for the same thing. Yes, yeah, yes. yeah. He's pulled yes. Ronald for the same thing. So they um, I think
1: twice. Yeah, twice. So it's,
2: yeah. it's it's it. So he's fair. You know, yeah, he's fair. He's done it. He's consistent in in, in that. He, it's it's not like he picks and chooses who does it. If, I think if Sean, you know, just random, if Sean Murphy were to do the same thing, Sean would be pulled as well. It's, it's whoever. It's it's hustle until you know, or hustle around the base path, um, uh, you know, a, until you know, unless you hit it out. So. Yeah.
3: Uh you know, and it, obviously it didn't affect his psyche too much. He had right. a, a big hit last yeah, night. Yeah. Against I mean, Smith, just, so just lesson learned. The, the biggest thing I will say about Ozuna is that finally his bat has at least become a part of the team because he was just stinking the house up. And I mean, so many people are like, why is he even on this team anymore? But he's, he's kind of finally figured it out a little bit and has actually had some very clutch hits. And, yeah, I mean, I, I say it's not a big deal. It was a screw-up. He got pulled from the game. Okay, move on. Uh, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. not a big lesson goal. learned. True. Sure. So, um, the biggest thing is I, I, you know, I'm just I'm glad that he's actually being able to be a part of the team and, and you know have some successful at, at bats instead of just being
1: a liability. Yeah, uh, he uh, and I think the stat is since May first, he's hitting three oh six or three oh eight. Right. Uh, so obviously that's still resulting like two twenty or two thirty batting average, but uh, well, it's because it April was so bad. Was, yeah, <laughs> it tells you how bad April was, but. Yeah. Uh, he has done a good job since then. I agree with you guys. I think he absolutely should have gotten pulled. Uh, but, you know, maybe there were some questions if that, that would linger into this week if he would be out of the lineup last night. Obviously, Snip put him back in, uh, had the big RBI double to tie it in the sixth, had another RBI ground out in the eighth. Um, so he, he came back right to where he had been uh, the previous month or so. And again, I think you set the example because it's not just about Marzell. I guess what I was asking is—is is knowing the off-the-field issue or two that that a couple issues that Ozuna's had, did that factor in at all with should there have been more severe punishment or, or anything like that? But um, I, pur- I purely
2: think this was a a hustle punishment. Sure,
1: uh, and I agree, and I don't think it warranted more than more than just that game, and so. Uh, now you look at this Braves team, who's now being chased by the Marlins. Uh, actually, because, yeah. Uh, again, uh, smaller sample sizes, but as we get into, I mean, we're getting near the midway point of the year, and uh, you start to start to take teams that have records like this more seriously. seriously. Yeah. Uh, and Miami continues to do that. Steve mentioned Luis Arias, who's hitting four hundred and one. That's insane. Uh, man. If you had to predict. Pure exercise. I'm not going to ask you over under 400 because I think we'd all agree. But what if you had to marry yourself to a batting average? What's he going to end up at this year? Who's this? Luis Ariz. Uh, oh. oh, he'll probably. I think he'll probably end up at around 380. 380. Okay. 380. That that would be. I mean, that's. I think the highest in a while. Yeah. I mean, I, it's. It's I, just, I don't know if it's happened in the last I th- decade. I
3: see, I honestly think he tapers off. I, I just don't think he stays as hot as he is. I, I think that he tapers off. Um I, I mean he's still gonna be in the mid three mid three hundreds. I mean three fifty, you know. Sure. Three fifty, three maybe three sixty, but I mean
1: it's I, I don't I think he's gonna taper off a little bit. Yeah, I'm not sure who the last person hit four hundred was. It's been a long, long time. I think that uh, you, I don't want to say this is the last example of it, but it might be. It was 2008. Chipper uh, was hitting 400 for a very long time. Chipper Jones hit 400 through about the first week of August, I think, and then the last 50 or 60 games slowed down. I think he ended like 364 that mm. year. Uh, so he was able to carry 400 past the All Star break, right. but yet still ended in 360s. I think the thing that that makes it so possible for our our eyes to at least hover around 400, again, I do not think he will hit 400, is that he doesn't strike out. So he's always putting the ball in play. Right. Uh, And, look, there's value in that. Over the course of 162 games, you're going to get some bloopers. But you know who's not going to get as many bloopers? The guys that strike out 180, 200 times. Mm-hmm. There's inherently not as many balls are going to be hit into play. But if you're hitting an extra 100, 150 balls into play, there's going to be some weird stuff. There's going to be some bloopers. There's going to be some infield singles. There's going to be hits that these other guys wouldn't get. And so I think he'll I I think three sixties around that Chipper Jones the three sixty four two or something that he hit. Right. In 2008. Do you, do right, you want I'll to take,
3: do you want to take a wild guess on the last MLB player? I going to go something
1: to, egregious to, like Ty Cobb or something. Long time ago. I don't. Know. Cl- cl- not maybe not that long ago. Uh, DiMaggio. No, the, he had the hit streak. He had yeah. the 56 game hitting streak, right?
3: Uh, you're now, when you start in DiMaggio, you're now you're getting more into the mantle.
1: Uh, uh, who's the bot? Oh, Ted Williams. There you go. There uh, 402,
3: right? Ted, uh, 406. 406, okay. Uh, he got uh, two. My goodness. Yeah. Last day of the Major League Baseball regular season, uh, Boston Red Sox Ted Williams got six hits and eight at-bats during a doubleheader. Oh, that's program. all, huh? <laughs> Boosted his average to 406. Dang. So he was the last player to, to finish with a 400 at Ted Williams yeah. in 1941.
1: Yeah, so... Uh, That's how difficult that is. Was that 82 years ago? Yeah. Jeez. So, again, it's very unlikely, but I can appreciate this even if it's in a 60-game sample size because, again, now batting averages are up a little bit, but just in in, gener- in general, the the value of contact has just decreased in the sport uh, over the last several decades. Yeah. Again, it, it the, the, you're obsessed with the home run, the three true outcome: home run, walk, strikeout. And there's just too many of those guys in the league, and there's not enough guys that can hit like two eighty-five, two ninety with fifteen home runs. You know, there's just or, or have speed. Right. You know, now now that the the stolen base is coming back a little bit, that may that might change the equa- equation for some of these guys. They just put the ball in play, use your speed. I remember. One of the most fun players, in my opinion, to watch, even though he he skewered the Braves and played against the Braves. I loved watching Jose Reyes because every single time that the ball was in play, I was nervous. Every time, grounded to short, better hurry. (laughs) Ball down the right field line. Don't let him get to third. Oh, you walked him. Well, he's going to steal second. I mean, just constantly just nervous about everything Jose Reyes was going to do right. on a base path. A and lot of so, people
2: are, I mean, Rowan gets that kind of treatment now.
1: He's starting, good, yeah. and good. I want guys to get that. There's the A's guy that, that actually leads the league in steals. I think Acuna's still second. There's somebody from the A's that is first. It's right. Like, I mean, granted, it's the A's. I don't worry about many things, but if I was in <laughs> opposing. Except for when they play the Braves. Well, and the Pirates. They just beat the Pirates in the series oh, today. Okay. Yeah, they did. Um, they beat again, the Pirates every, 9-5 today. If the Braves won the division, I'm never going to mention they lost. Well, actually, I'm going to to spite people. They're going to say absolutely <laughs> not, <laughs> nothing. Everyone can chill out. But um, they, they did they did beat the Pirates in the series today. Okay. Um, Good for them. But when you play the A's, you don't worry about too much. But you worry about the guy that has a million steals because yeah. every single time he gets on base, he can end up at third. Without, you, without any of it. Oakland's inept hitters having to do anything, be on third base. Um, so I enjoy that part of the game. Again, I'm not trying to be like, I don't want to see anyone. Uh, his name's Estue Ruiz. Sure. Sure 29
2: is. stolen bases. Ronald has 26. There you go. Juan
1: Franco has 21. Who's also excellent, but he's an all-around great player, too, with Tampa. Right. Um, so I appreciate that. Again, I don't want to put it off like, oh, yeah, this guy's. just hates every strikeout no i understand There's gonna be some guys that just whiff a lot okay i get it matt olsen whiffs a ton yeah by the way he, yeah. he he's a power hitter he Big does not hit for a high average yeah yeah but he has very important hits i get it you can have a couple of those i'm just saying don't have all of those <laughs> don't don't have eight of the nine guys be striking out 120 150 times uh with no speed or, or contact to their game they're actually shown by the way in the studio if anyone wants to watch the A's beat the Pirates it's uh, highlights right now for you guys <laughs> beautiful Oakland A's playing actual baseball uh, but just a minute or two left in our number two again Braves with two more with the Mets this weekend Thursday night I don't know if you guys know this you might you might uh, they're doing a special Braves broadcast on Bally where it's going to be Jeff Rancor, John Smoltz, Tom Glavin, oh. and uh, Chipper Jones. Oh, that sounds like yeah. nice. fun. So Thursday, night, Thursday I, night, I would absolutely so tomorrow, every other night recommend listening to 1230 WAUD and, AUD and Ben Ingram, the voice of the Atlanta Braves and the Braves Radio Network. But Thursday night, you can make the exception yeah. for an all Braves player broadcast on Bally. Oh, yeah. Um, That's going to
2: have to watch Thursday. I'll be yep, able, I Thursday should be able night. to watch that.
1: Yeah, uh, at Truist, so that I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to uh, seeing it because you know Smoltz. S- <sighs> this I don't have time for this rant, but everyone hates. I feel like in the baseball world, John Smoltz's commentary. Yeah, and I don't really, I don't understand why. I thought I, I thought he did well. I did too, but you just go on social media and everyone just thinks yeah, Smoltz is like, like back in rants. my day. And then don't you know? Like and Smoltz. I'm like, well, you know what? <laughs> he came from a little purer time. How, how does that sound? Like right. the, the game was played a different way, and it might have right. been a better way, uh, honestly, at that time. Um, but I, I think they do a good job, and so I'm looking forward to that. You got a, a, a Braves legend hitter and chipper. You got Glavin, who's usually part of the broadcast team, but then you add Smoltz, obviously Frank Gore to give it a little youth, give it a little humor. Uh, mm. <laughs> Joe Simpson on. The Braves radio broadcast last night said Frank head is too big to fit in the radio uh, booth. So, uh, you know, Frank always got that big big personality (laughs) and big head, apparently. So uh, we are out of time for hour number two. Coming up in hour number three, a little bit of a Game 3 NBA Finals preview and a couple other topics in the sports world. You're listening to the Wednesday edition of Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Third and final hour of sports call starting right now on Tiger95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. Brian Lavoy, Tom Peavy, and Cam Berry with you here on this Wednesday afternoon. If you want to give us a call in the final hour, 334 887 341 locally or toll-free, one 889 9 tiger 9 to join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. We're going to start hour number three with a little NBA as the NBA finals continue tonight inside of Miami as the Miami Heat and Denver Nuggets get going again uh, interesting that the only time in the series there will not be two days off in between games will be these next two games Wednesday and Friday
2: which I found so weird
1: yeah is a little interesting uh, I know they they, they kind of schedule in unison uh, with the NHL to make sure they never right, have overlapping, overlapping stuff but right. uh, still a little, little intriguing um, so, cam so far, first two games of this series. What have you made of it?
2: Uh, I mean, like I kind of said earlier, i'm I'm just I'm glad that um, it's not gonna be a sweep series or a gentleman's sweep series, uh, at least from what we can kind of tell. Um, Miami just has that continued fight in them. Um, and I think the key for the nuggets is they they win games when when. The joker is facilitating really well um he had like only four assists in game two even though he dropped 40 points uh interesting stat that i read that the nuggets are oh and three when he drops 40 or more points so it's not when he's mainly you know he can score at will and that's true but he needs to be getting everybody involved that's really where he dominates the game is passing um in my in my opinion when he's passing the ball and facilitating to everybody, getting everybody open, getting these looks, making these crazy passes that he can make, um, uh, and his assist numbers are high—ten, 10, 11, 12 twelve assists—that's when the Nuggets really start to dominate and win the game. Because obviously he's a scoring threat. Um, that's that's always known, and and he can always do that. But when he drop the, when he drops that forty points, you have the other you know the the differential in in how everybody else is scoring it. You can tell that it's it's lower. Um, and I think getting everybody else involved and then at the, I think getting everybody else involved at the, in those first three quarters. And then if he can just, you know, he kind of does his thing at the back end of the game where he just kind of takes over and closes the game out, scores those points. He and Jamal Murray, uh, do that together, uh, to, to close out games. Um, you know, the heat made some really good adjustments. They switched, um, uh, and made Jimmy Butler, um, uh, Jamal Murray's primary defender um, and it seemed to work in game two. I don't know how, how, you know, obviously that two man game that Jamal and, and, um, and Jokic run is one is one of, if not the best in the game, just the way that their chemistry is, is it works, but it's going to be, it's good. It's a good series. It's a good coaching chess match. I, I really am enjoying it. um, I, I wasn't sure if the Heat were gonna be able to get that win in game two, but they just continue to fight and they have guys that just don't they just don't give up. They just don't. It, it's just like that that real deal essence of can't describe it any more than than just Heat culture, right? Just the way that they that Pat, Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra have built that team, what they've built the team on and based it off of. Um, Jimmy Butler is an embodiment of that BAM BAM on a is an embodiment of that uh, and the, and the rest of those guys that they have um, It just trickles down and and they just continue to push and that's why they're you know Although they were an eighth seed um, and you know barely in the play-in and at some point we thought they might lose to Chicago in that in that 8-9 uh, game uh, now they're they're here uh, in the NBA Finals, and they're competing, competing their butts off. It's it's a it's a great series. I've enjoyed it so far. So this game three, I'm I'm very much so looking forward to.
1: Miami is one of the most mentally resilient oh teams that, that I've witnessed in basketball in, in some time. It sometimes mentality is, is talked a lot more about in football or something when you're just trying to hold up. You know, you got a, a run defense that's exhausted, just trying right. to hang in there, or or teams that battle through turnovers or that sort of thing. But in basketball, it's not always. Um, there's not necessarily as many opportunities for mental toughness, or at least it's not a defining trait of teams. Very often, usually it's talent and skill and coaching. All right. Um, but this Miami team just takes punches as well as I've seen teams. I mean, they um, again recap the the Boston series. They go up three zero lose three in a row, the way they lost game six is, is, is as horrifyingly heartbreaking as it can get. And so you go to a road game seven, the first time a three-o lead has become a road game seven, and you thump Boston. It's not that right. you know no, Boston played poorly and Miami got them to do that in some ways. But handled. Yeah. I mean they not intimidated played well throughout. You get in this series and you know, Game One, Denver controls throughout. I'll tell you though, when you watch Miami's losses, you still get some of this mm. too because the blowouts don't become blowouts. True blowouts. No, no it's not. The, it's not ballooning to 25, 30 right. points. No, they're they're pulling within ten in the fourth quarter. Exactly. Yeah. Like they don't they don't get to garbage time where, all right, well, let's let Nikola Jovic play eight right. minutes. Right. He <laughs> might he might come in the last two. Right. The last minute. But they are able to give you, make you play it out usually. And so that kind of happened, that same dynamic happened in game one. Game two, Denver, great first quarter for Miami, again, coming out and setting a great tone. But then Denver gets about six minutes of making everything and they hit all the threes. They get the double well, digit like lead. A 33 to right. like nine. I think run. at that point, Miami's Dead. in some trouble. I right. mean, they, they could be. Hurling towards Not only down two But they could Again that could be A blowout in game two And that you've learned Nothing from game one And and that's a very Concerning two games Because they really Didn't find anything Well they found something And they, they battled back And you know I, I described this punch with the Nuggets side of things during the Lakers, Lakers series where there will be times – there was times where the Lakers got hot or would go on runs and, and Lakers looked like they were starting to overwhelm Denver in a certain aspect of the game. But then you look up and Denver's only down 10. And it's like you know it's an NBA game. You know that right. that's just not much. Of a believe. 10 is nothing. It's just not. No. Um, and, and that's what is kind of happening here with Miami where you, you – See this run, or you think that the game is flowing this way all throughout the third quarter. Miami's just able to keep the game in single digits. It didn't matter around. that Jokic was starting to just throw yeah, things just in, hanging there. around. Literally scored yeah. eighteen in the third quarter, yeah. and it's like and and it's as you Miami pointed out, hanging around. You know, it's the dynamic of it, it. It's fascinating because Jokic is certainly one of those stars where he gets what it takes to win, and his aim is truly to pass first, I believe, even though that he puts up some great scoring numbers. I truly think that he is very understanding of getting his teammates involved, making great passes, setting up great shot opportunities, getting a lot of players good looks. So, when that part of it fails, he's still got this really cool part where he can just score in various ways all over the place. And that's how he's able to attain a 41-point game. But, what the four assists mean, it doesn't mean Jokic didn't try. It didn't mean no, Jokic didn't set create good shots. What it meant was two things. One, Denver's not hitting those shots. Those guys are right. not. He had a game high five turnovers yesterday, or sure. in
2: the last game.
1: But they're not hitting those shots. And then two, it means that in a, as a general rule of thumb, because how much Jokic has the ball, how many passes he does end up having a game, it means that no one else really had a big impact. Right. And Murray got something going. The fourth hit a couple threes and got a decent look off for the game, right. game tying attempt. But he didn't. He wasn't prolific. Porter was not good at all. No, Porter. Porter had a bad game. But Kevin Love' dynamic of it was so underrated. Important. The that box score says you yeah. know someone that was two of nine. But but what if you watched the game, you saw. It allowed Miami to defend Denver differently. In the beginning of game one, the ease of look that Denver got because Aaron Gordon was right, just terror. throwing I mean, layups just, in. Just making Caleb Martin's life right, miserable. He reminded people, yeah, I'm still like 6'8", yeah. 6'9". I've still got a lot of muscle, yeah. and I'm an athletic dude. Right. So like, you can't just put someone... That's given up forty pounds and six inches to me. Mm-mm. Like it's just that's not going to work for me. And and Aaron Gordon has kind of gotten forgotten at times oh. at because everyone talks about Jokic, Murray, and even Porter's right. tantalizingly but high he potential. Was tough in
2: Orlando, but yeah, Aaron
1: Gordon was still forget. a player that yes, yeah, he I think did he not got
2: drafted like fifth overall. Like he right, he good, didn't
1: man. blossom into the number one player Orlando hoped he would be. All right, there's still a lot of space to be successful and be a player. Right. And his space is that okay? He's still a fifteen point scorer. That's a freak athlete. That does not usually take a lot of poor shots. Like when he takes his threes, he takes the open threes. And even though he's not great at them, again, he's not going to start flinging 30-footers. So all that to say is if he's getting going the way he was in game one, that was a huge problem because you know that Jokic will do something heavily impactful offensively. Right. At bare minimum, it'll be 11, 12, 13 assists, uh, but it could be 30 to 40 points and 10 assists. Or, or just at least 40 points and a few assists, whatever. Something very impactful come out of Jokic. And then Murray has been awesome in the playoffs. He's, not, he's a different guy in the postseason. Um, and you know you, he's reliably going to give you something now. So if you go down the line and Gordon is going to dominate you in some ways or you get br- big Bruce Brown games, Miami's in trouble. And they knew that. And, and what I've seen teams do at this level for a long time, and I think it's worked pretty well, is – Teams like Golden State usually go, all right, LeBron's scoring 30. He's going to have a high impact. Right. And quite frankly, we don't care. We'll We're going to use. try and get three, four, and five off yep. the game. Yep. There's certain guys in this league that will get theirs. Yep, absolutely. And Jokic is one. And absolutely. almost playoff right. Murray is his right. becoming thing. For sure. So what your task is if you're Miami, Aaron Gordon's not going to look like a top five pick. No. And Michael Porter's not going to look like a a guy that could have been a number two on a great team at some point. You've got to limit those. And if they can continually do that, there's too many points in an NBA game now to say one to two players beat you. Because usually that just is not going to happen. You're scoring 100 plus points. Yeah. So and, yeah. Miami's strategy of Kevin Love in there was very smart. Very smart. And he needs to keep playing, even if he's not going to give you a big offensive impact.
2: Ju- it just allows his you body to yeah. different things. Yeah. He, he's just he's he's his IQ
1: is different. His he he brings a different level to the game for uh, for Miami. So the other part is I love that Hero's not playing yet. Um, He's not forcing it, and ex- I don't think he should. The team chemistry is they're gelling too exactly. well right now. That extra
2: extra mouth to feed, extra hand ball in hand. I think that would mess up the entire rhythm of everything. I don't think he should play at all. I just, I it, you broke your hand like two months ago. Right. Right. I would only two. bring him back I if they got it. down three one. Right, I get it. You I don't know, that's the only time. Right, because that's then you really need that scoring option. Yes, desperation throw in. Out. I I agree because you, you don't need him right now. You're you're still successful in what you can do and and i remember you talking about the beginning of at the beginning of this series you said low scoring games will favor miami and that has continued to be true this i mean 111 to 108 you know that i would say moderately high especially for
1: the playoffs
0: i mean that's still
2: pretty
1: high yeah yeah
2: i mean mean, i'm not
1: I, I will tell you what I'm right and wrong I'm not pro- I don't feel I'm being proven right so far you don't I, think so I, I don't feel I that think that you now, are now I still think that's a general rule of thumb that I still I would maintain should go on is like in general yeah Miami needs to keep Denver's scoring a little bit. There's a certain level that Miami's not going to be able to obtain. Like, right. if Denver's going to hit 15 threes, because if you look at it, Denver's scoring a fair amount of points. They're causing Miami to need to score a fair amount of points, but Denver's three ball has not been great so far. Yeah. And so that's the element that they're able to take away because Jokic. Even though he's a very efficient three point shooter, he doesn't shoot a lot of them. Yeah, uh, and so even when he scores forty points, it's only a couple threes involved. I mean, yeah. it's not—it's not like it's going to be a guard hitting eight threes. To yeah, get g- there. game two, Miami
2: shot forty eight percent from three, and uh, Denver shot thirty nine percent. So almost 40. So, so so not, not awful. awful. Yeah, but not it, it's
1: again—it's the guys that that like Porter that, that they need that, that are kind of the yeah. bridges between yeah, everyone being successful or just a couple guys being successful. Right. Uh, so, you know, I, I still think it behooves Miami to to try and keep them in a lower scoring game. I think, I think that is still favorable for them. But I also think that Miami's shooting ability, it hurt them a lot in game one. But the looks were there. Yeah, so so far Miami's offense is doing what it needs to do. And and Michael Malone has talked about this where the like Nuggets the they're not happy with their effort in an yeah. NBA finals. Yeah. And that's weird. That, that that doesn't happen every year. That's not a good problem to have
0: Mm-mm, honestly because if you
1: can't if you can't get the effort consistently in the finals, like I think well, you're not, out I mean, of time yeah. to then yeah. teach the team how to care every right. possession. And and we've talked about that where Denver was not a very good defensive team in the regular season, but they can be imposing because they have length and they right. have some athleticism yep. and, and there are things that they can disrupt some, teams. Nasty, yeah, But if you're going to look like a deer in the headlights, like Porter did at times defensively. he did defensively. God, he had some really dumb fouls. Sure. Uh, he had some bad fouls, even though he is typically their, be their, their best, best defender. Yeah. Defender. yeah. Um, you know, if, if you're going to have those moments, then the Heat clearly are adept at Taking advantage of it because why else would the Heat be here? Right. Do they just out talent teams? No. Hell no. They've, they've out coached <laughs> they and strategized yeah. and taken advantage Absolutely. of Absolutely. And their weaknesses. So, you know, I still like Denver in the series, but Same. I, I think that clearly Miami, their brand, their style, what they do translates against everybody. At it least does. In, in 2023, year global war. You're 100% right. It, it, it clearly translates with everybody. Um, that was Denver's first home loss. The it, list the entire on that, playoffs, yeah. the list on that was not as long as I thought it was. I was listening to uh, Bill Simmons podcast of the other night. The list on that's pretty short on, on teams that actually really? went a whole postseason uh, without losing a home without game without losing a home game. And so that would have been kind of a, a anomaly. Yeah. I mean yeah. it would have been a, a special run. It told you how good they were playing at home. So that was no no small thing that Miami won there now. Denver has still got a winning record on the road. They right. beat the Lakers twice. They ended the Phoenix series in Phoenix. So they have road accomplishments. This is not a team that just right. shudders Only and dies on the home. road. Yeah. Um, so I think Denver will split at least with also, Miami, and I, I, think, I think that so they well. will. I, I still lean towards maybe even in Game 6 they can win on the road to finish the series. I, I lean towards not being 7. But... The, it is a concerning deal With where Miami, thing. Yeah. Miami th- looks like they figured something else to at least give Denver's offense something to Problems, think about, right? And then how Denver seems to not give a crap on defense sometimes, and <laughs> yeah. and that's those two things are the most concerning yeah, things that, if you're a Denver fan. That'll absolutely lose you lose you a
2: championship that you're that you're vying for right here. So, I agree. I I don't know, I don't know how it's going to play out. I I you know I told you I, I really can't predict how this is going to go because it is 1-1 and i did think that the nuggets were going to get both of those games in denver um and and the heat did end up stealing that game too so i i can't tell you i i don't know how i think the series is going to play out um i'm almost leaning to what uh tp said i am almost leaning to where it might go seven at this point um just because of the effort level and how the heat are playing the coaching adjustments from Spolstra, game to game um I think they'll split Miami um and they could they could get that game 6. The the Nuggets really could, but I wouldn't be surprised if they sure. won game 5, lost game 6, went back to Denver in game 7 and, you know, I mean could could take it, but it could go either way because
1: my <laughs> I mean, Miami
2: could go and do their thing and it's two in a
1: row. It's it's not surprising. My thought on why I still think it can be over sooner. And I now granted I originally had Denver in 5 and I now think it's going to be 6, but I think that when you see the – and I still believe, I'm sorry, I still believe Denver's the better team. I agree. When when you get the better team flustered and you do something strategically to alter them, once they figure out the fix for that, the dam can break. Right. Because there might not be another, another way to slow right, it down. right. And I feel like it has happened a reasonable amount where teams – get down 2-1, and then rattle off three in a row. Right. And maybe that's just my too much Warriors history in my brain I've <laughs> seeing that too many times. Right. But I can tell you way too many Warriors series that started 2-1 and ended up 4-2. Um, and so I kind of feel like Denver is going to lose tonight Okay. and Miami take the 2-1 lead. And then they'll figure something in Game right. 4. They'll figure the way to beat the zone. They'll figure the way – to give a crap on defense a little more or or at least make it make it look right, like they do. Right. And then once they get that fix, I don't know if there'll be another one for Miami. Yeah. And they might rattle off three in a row. Now again, Miami beats all odds all the time. It's becoming a dangerous game to bet against them. <sighs> because it's it's and imp- it's so impressive. Yeah. This team should not be in the final. If no. you looked at this roster You'd say there's no way in hell this team can No way. In the there's, <laughs> there's just no, no way. way. There like, isn't. To the it's average basketball man. person, and I assume that we don't have too many huge NBA fans listening, but if you're just, if you kind of like the NBA, if you pick it up in the playoffs. You're just like I don't know who Gabe Vincent is nope. unless you watch the Heat in previous playoffs. I I don't. Heywood Highsmith is that yeah. a AI generated name? Right, right. It's <laughs> like like Chat GPT <laughs> deal here of how to create a basketball right, name. Right. Like you just like you might, you just might know not, Duncan Robinson because of the bubble. You know, you you might, Max Struess. You're like, Kyle Ra- Lowry's still playing? Right. <laughs> I remember when him and DeRozan were losing in the first round like eight years ago. Caleb There's, Martin? He's still out there? Caleb Martin? <laughs> yeah, Caleb Martin, Martin, Martin had Martin, the series against Boston. Like it's, no. it's incredible, and that's why I appreciate it so much, because it goes to show you that talent does not always win. Yeah, talent is not everything. There's one basketball out there. You figure out how to score it and defend it the best you win and and Miami has done a tremendous job of that and so game 3 coming up tonight in Miami, oh, gonna be a good one. I'm excited about it. I'm excited to have a good NBA Finals with too, man. solid teams that are not used to winning. No, you know? I agree,
2: like, and that that as well. I, I just i I am highly appreciative of the teams that are in here in general. However, it had played out right, even if it had been you know Denver and five, or even Miami and five. Right. I I appreciate that both of these teams they don't win a whole bunch and um especially with Denver you know they the have, first they finals have nothing ever. Yeah. yeah and and um i i just i highly appreciate um these teams being able to compete and i you know you see on social media people are like gosh this final so boring da, da, da. well Get over it, okay? Because this is this is what makes basketball so good. Yeah. This is what makes basketball so good. This is why this is why you watch March Madness. Why you watch March Madness? Just throwing it off the wall because you never know, you know, who's going to win. Um, and and that that's always appreciated. And, and here, you know, I know the NBA is a little bit different, but I I appreciate the parity and how the NBA it has been well. It, it, For the
1: most part. And if we get, uh, I mean, again, can you tell I, I love the NBA? You can you tell I used to do a radio show just NBA? Right. If you wanted to get into the CBA of it, that's the goal of Adam Silver. Yeah. Ford, is he, he believes parity is best. Now, it is. I, I would, my rebuttal would be, I, I think that the uh, NBA's okay. worst time period is and its existence was when there was the most parity. It was in the 70s. There was no dynastic team. Right. Like there was 60s Celtics, 80s Lakers and Celtics, 90s Bulls, 2000s Lakers, 2010s LeBron slash Golden State. I I don't think that that necessarily history has shown the NBA is best for parity, but pure basketball people love it. Now, time will tell how much parity we actually get and what the CBA actually means, but you listen to Adam Silver – he is seeking parity and i will say this my last thought is so many people were complaining about years Seen. and years of golden Seen. state and lebron yep. you know well now people are complaining about not well seeing. i don't i don't see golden <laughs> state <or> lebron <laughs> what do you why, want where are they at uh, like what do you want like, make like, up your mind why should i care about these undrafted guys or jokic is big great the, the, someone called him again I've told you this off air a panicked walrus <laughs> right like that's awesome like, that's, that's, great, that's someone that awesome someone that reminds yeah. someone of a panicked walrus <laughs> and he's dropping is 40. the best player in the league right right, right. right. Um, so what I tell people is again these people that are streaming these things are the ones that like the idea of, of the NBA more than the actual yeah they NBA. like the
2: narrative more than they like the the actual game
1: so please please watch the basketball and now I'm going to say this and someone's gonna lose by 25 tonight but please watch <laughs> the basketball and try and enjoy the right. basketball as we go to break here I want to remind you uh, that the Alabama sheriff's youth ranches are putting on a memorial tournament held in honor of the eight children that lost their lives. Uh, in the tragic accident on I-65 in June of 2021. The golf tournament will be uh, at the RTJ. It will be on June the 20th and in Opelika and, again, benefits the Alabama Sheriff's Youth Ranches. The tournament will be a morning and afternoon tea time option. If you go in the morning, you will enjoy breakfast, around the golf, Coca-Cola products, catered lunch, and awards ceremony. And in the afternoon, tea time players will enjoy a catered lunch around the golf coca-cola products and award ceremony after the tournament first place gross and net division winning teams from both tee times will win a spot in the tournament of champions for 2024 additional prizes will be awarded for second and third place winning teams Special prizes will be awarded for long drive and closest to the pin on par three holes. Hole-in-one prize opportunities will also be available. The uh, the price for a four-player team is $600. Sponsorship levels range from $200 for a hole sponsorship to $5,000 for the titanium level, with increasing benefits given to the higher tiers. Silver, gold, platinum, and titanium sponsors receive at least one team in the event and recognition for their support. Please call Pat Downing at 334 462-0432 462-0432 or call the administrative office at 334-213-2071 for more information on honoring these young people through this charitable event and the website is www.alsyr.org. We're going to go to our next timeout. back with more Sports Call right after this.
0: Sports Call has been on the air since 1995. Follow Sports Call on Twitter at Sports Call AU. Like us on Facebook at Sports Call AU.
1: Sports call Tiger 95.9, the IFM and the Tiger Communications app. Ryan LaVoy, Cam Berry, and Tom Peavy. We did some brainstorming over the break of what we wanted to talk about next. There was no obvious answer. <laughs> so at 5.36 on this sports talk show on Wednesday, it's time to talk some chicken wings. Oh, yeah. All right, Tom, on. you had wings stop last night. I did. What were your Ooh, thoughts?
2: Interesting.
3: Um very saucy on the the original hot that I got very ah, saucy. Good. I like that. Um not hot at all. Um just a little bit of a tingle, I guess. You know, I I would prefer them to be I would prefer their hot to be a little bit hotter. Sure. Uh their lemon pepper wings were absolutely fantastic. They those probably were some of the better lemon pepper I've had. And then I I also got so I did the Fifteen split two, and then I did a five piece of the mango habanero because I wanted some that were just like, gonna warm me up. Make, uh, disappointed, they were flavorful, but mm-hmm. I, I expected more heat from habanero. Sure, and especially since they had like four flames on their little thing, they were okay. They they were very 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 flavorful wings, but it was a lot more mango than there was habanero on them. But I will definitely go back because there's a you you were telling me about the Cajun ones. I need to try those. Mm-hmm. Uh, I may try the Air Atomic just to yeah. really blow my head off, and
1: you know we'll see. Have you found Tom? This is a very deep analytical wing question, which we all need those. Have you found that the hotter sauces in general are from local places or places that actually are chains? Or is there any correlation? I haven't really seen a correlation. You see,
3: well, so the well, here's the thing the only reason I said, I mean, really, local like when you're talking about, you're talking about like Willie's.
1: Yeah, I'm talking about places that are at the bare minimum. If they are a chain, it's like a handful of locations or, or you know, couple states. Right. not not like not Buffalo Wild Wings, not Wing Stop, because those are huge places. Oh, I think I, while I, like they, were literally, they pretty, were literally
3: putting wings, like start.
1: Baumhauer's would count. Baumhauer's is only in Alabama, to right. my knowledge. So there's, there are several locations, but like Baumhauer's is more local. To me that that ain't over in North Carolina or sure. Texas or anything. So like that would qualify a place that uh, I mean I don't know what kind of hot sauces are, but like Jim Bob's has wings, something like that. Well, Louie's had wings, yeah, etc. I, see, but I, I mean, this
3: is a, one of those things for me. Is like you know, if I go to bomb, if I go to a place like Hours I don't get wings there. I get food. I get like their other food. When I get wings, I go to like a wing place. I go to W&B Factory. Went to Wingstop, Voodoo. Yeah. Um, try American Deli. america Okay. I, I'll try that. I hang my hat on American. But Deli. see, but but when I when I'm looking for wings, that's that, that's where I go. If I go to a restaurant
1: that is a sport- Voodoo's a local place too.
3: Voodoo, I, I like Voodoo. It's just man, they're they're pricey.
1: We of course we've bickered over they this. We've bickered over this. They are on the slightly more expensive side, but right. it's about the going rate yeah. for wings now. Um,
3: and and they have really big wings. That's been my knock on Willie's, is their wings are so tiny. You do like yeah. larger wings, okay? I, I like I, I need some meat. Okay, on.
1: I see. I need no, some meat on keep the bones. Because Wingtown's a local place. Wingtown. Now okay. they have small wings, but I'm saying that- they have. Sauces. See, there's more wing places than you think that are local. Yeah, or at least local-ish. Yeah. Again, I, I know it doesn't have to be just one location, just not just right. something that is only in either Alabama or maybe a couple of states. I that's still local-ish enough. It's just not huge franchise. My point was, I could see. I, I well, you
3: have just set up a wacky Wednesday. Yeah, wing to, tasting. a wing, wing oh, tasting. Man.
2: And just can it, we can we make it lemon pepper? I'm a big lemon pepper guy. Well, now, see, but we're
3: talking about the original, like no. just hot, just oh. just the basic <laughs> original hot wing from each of these places. Then not guess who they are like we did with the sodas, but you know which observe is better? the heat level. Observe the yeah. heat level. Observe the sauciness, the size of the wings, and. And and go for that uh, sounds like a
1: great idea. Lemon
3: pepper is true. So great and
1: great. we've also had this oh, idea. I love me the, some lemon pepper now, but I want a hot wing. I want we hot, I like. We've also mm. we've also talked about this in like chicken tender form because there's just millions of right. chicken tenders running around the Auburn, Apopka area. Um, the the only thing that I logistically struggle with is how we're going to get them to fresh, fresh. fresh. Yeah. At, the, at the time of show. To we're going to have to have other right people right before the show running all over town. And, I mean, all over town. Or, you we, can know? Just, so the or we can each
2: individually it, use the DoorDash app and DoorDash it here. Ooh.
1: <laughs> yeah. Start to get the delivery service. But then again, racking up the it money. It does rack up uh, the yeah. money at the end of the day. The soda deal that we did last week cost like a total of 20 bucks, Right. But you go like two wing deals, already at 20 bucks. You know, because right, you, 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 you charge. They, they charge. Again, this is what I'm trying to tell you. Buffalo Wild Wings, you get six traditional wings. That's 99 there. Yeah, like that. That is the going rate of a wing man. Right. Yep. So Absolutely. and you, we'd have to get six counts because yeah. we'd have four or five people eating them, or right. trying them. Yeah. So it's tough. I'm just saying, logistically, it's tough. It's a great idea. If anyone wants to do use a GoFundMe, like fund Sports <laughs> Calls Wacky Wednesday, go for it. Uh, please help. But the logistics of getting them here fresh, yeah. uh, on time. Plus the cost is is a little difficult to maneuver. We'll see though. But, I like it's a great idea. I think the co- the
3: cost is one thing. Uh, you know, I, I I don't I don't want an ice cold chicken wing, but I mean it also doesn't have to be piping hot. I don't I don't no, mind it. yeah not I don't piping hot, but if you have to
1: microwave it, then it's not eh, yeah then it's not good enough because microwave affects it right. So it needs to be within the last 30 minutes to an hour. Right. Like, it can't, it can't be, like, two hours ago. Um, and we usually do this show. We usually do Wacky Wednesday at 5 o'clock. That could be a different thing. We could try to do it at the beginning of the show. But right. then I wouldn't want to do anything serious for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> just be, just throw it back to hour number three. Just yep. record hour number three on the fly and replay or replay the 3 o'clock hour multiple times uh, throughout the rest of the show. But so jury good on, on Wingstop. I, it was. I, I definitely want to try it again. Chicken um, sandwich is so good. Their
3: chicken sandwiches are good. Right. Gosh. Uh, like I said, my only thing is I wish I, I wish that their original hot had a little bit more heat to it. Right. They were good. They were very, very, very good. But I wanted a little more heat. The mango habanero, definitely more mango than there was habanero. They were warm. They were on the warmish side. But, you know, when I see mango habanero and four- Flames on their little five. Yeah, you think th- it's about to be? It's like this is going to be hot, yeah. and they just weren't. But I'm I'm going to try some more. The lemon pepper, the lemon pepper wings were abs- off. They were off the chain. Off the, those man. things are so good. <sighs> Tell you, lemon Whoa. pepper is something. Yeah, that you those can't were, bother those, those are, there, I'm yeah. telling, those I are the best lemon pepper. Those are the best lemon pepper <gasps> wings I've had. I they, might do that for dinner tonight. Really, really Not good. Might, that those might be my, up my I might go to
2: American Deli tonight. I might do that. Where is that? It's off Opalike Road. Near uh, the Walmart by, by the uh, by the Walmart on the other side, okay, over there where uh, what's, what else? Is There's
1: over a H and R Block over uh, there. H Block over there is a. Uh, it's a wing place, yeah. Yeah,
2: so they kind of do a little bit of everything, no, but their wings are, are, are,
1: are
3: but it's over by the Opa Walmart.
2: Yes, yeah, okay. It's in that. It's so pretty far, far down the pavilion. Pavilion. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. All right,
1: American it's, Deli. It's American so Deli. I think those are smaller wings. though.
2: they are smaller,
1: but their sauce there.
2: There, I get lemon pepper wet. And it is
1: unmatched. Unmatched. Really? My favorite lemon pepper is uh, still Voodoo's because it's not a rub, but it's also like it's tough to call it a sauce because it's so thin. Oh, really? It's I more like a sh- liquid with lemon pepper on it. I'll you have know? to try Voodoo's. Um, I've never well, seeing
3: that at Um uh, uh, What did I get? Wing Stop. Is you went, Wing Stop. Right. Wing Stop. So there's. Um, they were not. They were not wet, like saucy. Mm-hmm. But, they do a right. dry rub. But, right. Yeah, but it. But they were. But it was also, I guess, because of the way they fried, it, it still had kind of a seasoning. Se- like, it, like I a, locked it in there.
1: Like a locked, yeah. but it
3: was kind of a little bit of a liquid
1: on there, but it just went like sauce. Yeah, no, I like them for sure. Yeah. they're definitely up there. Um, just for the lemon pepper world, I I really like the Voodoo stuff, and um, even though I had it Sunday. Uh, Can I go for it again on Wednesday? Maybe. Right. On the way home. It's on the way home. I don't know. We're going to take one final timeout and this Wednesday edition of Sports Call back with a nightly TV guide right after this.
0: May we have your attention, please? Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Hi, my name is Hi, My name is Hi, My name is sports call on Tiger 95.9. I'm Trevon Reed, former Auburn Tiger football player and national
4: champion. You're listening to sports call on Tiger 95.9.
1: to sports call tiger 95.9 ryan Lavoy, cam barry and tom peavy with you here on this wednesday wrapping up the show right now just a couple minutes left a fun show day talked a little bit about everything it felt like and now we get to today's nightly tv
0: guide our show is about to end but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening here's sports calls nightly tv guide
1: Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide, presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer. Starting with the sports, 6:20 20 Valley Sports South, Atlanta Braves, New York Mets, Game yep. 2. Again, Braves won Game 1 last night, come from behind fashion. They won 6-4. to four. Braves go for the series victory tonight. I think it's Charlie Morton, Max Scherzer It is night. So that's going to be a difficult one, to be quite frank, but we shall see. Also, Women's College World Series in softball starting tonight, 7 o'clock. Florida State versus Oklahoma. Can you beat Oklahoma even once? A 51 in a row for the Oklahoma Sooners on the softball diamond. So uh, game one of that best two out of three for the championship starts tonight, 7 o'clock on ESPN. Brooks omitted, as he often does, the existence of the (laughs) National Basketball Association you've listened to the five o'clock all hour, time, all time troll, <laughs> you know that it exists because we were talking about it for half time, an hour. All time troll from Brooks. So game three tonight from Miami, Miami Heat, Denver Nuggets series tied at one. That one can be found 730 on ABC and you've got some movie picks tonight. Six o'clock on FX. It's Iron Man three. Uh, I think. Ooh, I don't know if I saw the, the third one. What, wait what, what was Iron it? Man
2: I oh, know man. I saw one of uh, I don't re-
1: I don't remember Iron Man 3 just to be
2: quite frank Iron frankly, Man I don't. 3 what was that oh that's the one with a, a bunch of Iron Mans. there's a lot of a
1: lot oh of, yeah, yeah no yeah. I don't think I ever saw uh, that yeah, I, I watched the bare minimum so that I could understand all the Avengers movies and be cult- culturally sound yeah that's all I did <laughs> alright and then 7 o'clock AMC it's Unstoppable Denzel Washington Chris Pine I've seen that movie I enjoy that movie And then 7 o'clock for the kids on Disney Channel Monsters University. And that's 7 o'clock on Disney. And that is the Nightly TV Guide presented by White Claw Heart Cell. So everyone's standing up in the studio. Guys, we still got 30 seconds.
2: I just had to stretch
1: my legs. So Uh, that's why I decided to stand. I had to stretch as well. All right. And intern TP had to stretch. Everybody had to stretch. What about me? Do I make it stretch? down. All right. All right. Well, uh, that will pretty much do it for the show today, though. Had a fun show. Tom, thank you, sir, for being here today and throughout the week. Hope you have a good rest of your week. Absolutely. Enjoyed every second of it. And then, uh, Cam Berry, good to have you on the program today. We'll see you again on Friday. Yeah, see you Friday. And, of course, that will do it for the show today. We appreciate all those that tuned in and called in. for Tom Peavy and Cam Berry, my name is Ryan LaVoy. Have a great Wednesday night, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow.